Hey everybody, it's the Listen In Podcast with Jake and Sean. Jake, what episode are we up to? 139, I think. 139? Yeah. Oh my god. Because I, th- I think the last one of the year will be 140. Cool. Alright, well that, that works out nicely. I like that. It does. It, yeah, it would be rounder if it was 150. But we probably skipped about 10 episodes this year, so... Yeah, definitely more than before. Maybe it would have. Uh, this is our fourth year of doing this, Jake, of ranking albums. Yep, and song. Well, actually, songs probably only three, but yeah, it's... Um, yes. Uh, a time-honored tradition, Sean. It is. I, I look forward to it each year. It is, without a doubt, um, a little neurotic and a little crazy. Oh, it's more it. than a little of both. Um, <laughs> it's more than a little pretentious, too. You, sure, it's all of those things. Let, let's, let's start there, and I think we've let's done this the last there. couple years, is we know ranking stuff and recording yourself and putting it out there on the internet for all to hear is more than a little pretentious and, like egotistical it is a stone's throw away um from like creed thoughts or like (laughs) or like some i thought you were gonna say from like uh like personality disorder oh no i was going to say like it's a stone's throw away from someone with a serious mental disorder like writing their manifesto you know like a wordpress yes or like a blog what do you call is it blogger yeah they have like a blogger just a single open blog with (laughs) ramblings about like that's, yes, that's basically what we're doing here as we rank our it, 2018 favorite albums. It is a little more structured, and I think it's a little more fun. And if you're yeah. like, if you're down with the fact that a, we're trying to take it not quite as seriously as some people who rank it do, but b, we've structured it, and I think we take it just seriously enough where we have like, I think a real ranking. Yes, I agree. And so, for anyone who's not familiar with how we rank albums, here is the overview. Jake and I kept a running spreadsheet the entire year of all the albums we listened to. Uh, in Google Sheets, big shout to the the Google Drive suite, Jake. Dude, I, honestly, like that might sound sarcastic. I love Google Drive. I do too. It's really nice. It's real time editing, Jake. Yeah, man. And for just sixty nine ninety nine, you can sign up through us for a personalized Google Drive suite training. Dude, what if we? You know how we at one point thought maybe we'd get ads on this show? Maybe we can with Google Drive. Maybe we can. Maybe that's the path. But yes, yeah, so we keep track of this all year long in a spreadsheet. And what we've done is we've both ranked our favorite albums of the year, 1 through 50. We have combined both our individual lists into a joint podcast list. And we are going to run through the podcast's top 50 albums, which is an average of both of our individual lists. Um, Yeah, and so we actually have a few... Uh, not honorable mentions, but a few. Just I think interesting, uh, noteworthy surprises, noteworthy maybe. exclusions. Yeah, yeah. Um, that fell just outside the top fifty. Um, I'll shout out two, and then you can do two, sure, perhaps. So sure. I'll take um, Mount Erie now only. Um, I think it was last year that um, Phil Elverum, I think mm-hmm, is his name, mm-hmm. the guy behind Mount Erie. Um, he released uh, his... A crow looked at me. Yeah, thank yeah. you. You saved me yeah. there, dude. I did not have it. <laughs> I knew you didn't. And I was like, I, I got you. Yeah, I didn't have it at yeah. all. Um, yeah. So these, this is the, the follow-up to that album, very much about his wife's death. Um, it's another one that is, I think, in some ways equally interesting. And Maybe like, more listenable. Yeah, has a little more perspective. There's some really cool stuff on there. The other I wanted to shout out... Um, I ranked it at 50th on my list. Uh, I think if you had told both of us that this artist released an album and only one of you ranks it and the one of you who ranks it only puts it 50th, we would have been surprised. It's Kanye West with Ye. Yeah. Um, one that actually, f- the funny story about this one is when it came out, both of us texted each other and we were like loving it. And then right. 
as the week went on, I think it, the holes became more apparent and sort of the, the glow of like, oh, Kanye's putting new music out, wore off. As the days go by, Jake, as the hours tick by, yeah. I like this album less and less. And it's, we were talking off air before we started. I, I've made it kind of my thing to not like it. And for that reason, I basically don't look at it with an open mind anymore. I'm completely biased towards this. And not for nothing, the antics that he has gotten up to this year, suck. whether the TMZ thing, the MAGA hats, whatever, I'm just like, I'm sick of it, and I don't really have the patience for it. And I kind of knocked him for that. and was like, no, I'm not ranking, yay, like kind of because of that. Well, dude, like, honestly, dude, I probably even liked some of the album more than i than ranking it just 50th but it was most of that shit mm-hmm. and how down on it everyone else was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that had me like no I, i'm well, not feeling it I, I have not seen this rank on many no, if any end of no. the year lists I it seems like either. every publication's made a statement to be like nah like we're not ranking yet. yeah we're not going to give that the time of day so um yeah very interesting it it got on aggregate a half point in our total rankings. So fine showing from, from Kanye. There. Um, the, the footnote that I had, Jake, uh, Drake Scorpion, uh, I ranked this at number 41, I think. And, uh, it, you did not rank it. No, I'm not surprised by that. I, um, it, there's no universe in which I would have ranked this. Album. <laughs> I know. I, I think I still like Drake maybe more than he deserves at this point. I maybe. thought you were just gonna say more than me, and I was gonna. No, give that you a, that's a that's a known fact. I thought you were gonna. I was gonna give you the old. Uh, you think <laughs> the classic? Yes, because that is very true. Um, to be honest with you, Scorpion is decent. Like this actually might weirdly be better than More Life, that I think huh. people were higher on last year than Scorpion. Um, Drake's too big to fail at this point. He's like Citibank um, to an annoying degree. He's still the biggest pop star we have right now. Well, you know what's not interesting or exciting? Uh, Citibank. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, But he's still the biggest artist we have going right now. His fingerprints and footprint was all over this year. Even Scorpion removed, and, and honestly, yep. like Scorpion was pretty good. Uh, so there were some big misses on that album, and I think if you just get rid of like five or six songs, that turns into a much better album. And that's kind of how I looked at it with mine. But that did not end up ranking in our top fifty. The other one that just missed was another rap album. Was this new Jid album or JID DiCaprio too? Uh, this just got released pretty recently, so I, I'm not surprised that distant rank we haven't had a ton of time to listen to it but i've been really liking it and uh just fell out of the top 50 so one more really really quick because i noticed that it's actually in the exact same boat as uh the drake album mm. for me uh is that saba album care for me it was really good it's really really good yeah. and it just like i just don't think i amassed enough listens i didn't to either high i didn't either it, it was like in my 40s another that was in my 40s that didn't um, get that high up was that preoccupations album it was yeah. I, th- I thought it was like Pretty good, not great. Yeah. That's been the story with their last couple, I think. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's dive in, Jake. Let's, let's start it. it off. Let's kick it off here. So, uh, I can start. Number 50, and we're going to fly through 50 through 26. We'll the, just do a quick little uh, rundown of each. So, number 50, we have Vince Staples with FM. Uh, some really funny moments on here, some great songs. It I, Again, I think this came out kind of later in the year. We didn't get 
as much time to listen for it to stick, but I, I, I'm happy it's still ranked in the top 50. Sean, before we move on, you have seven seconds to name seven celebrities with whose names start with the letter V. Uh, uh, Vanessa Williams. Uh, oh, I can't think of any. tweaking. Number 49, Remo Drive, Pop Songs EP. I ranked this in my 30 somewhere it uh it's a a solid little three song ep of of like really catchy uh guitar hook centric remote yeah i uh i didn't end up ranking this i i did really like it it just there was too many full length projects yeah. that i liked better it's very slight. than this ep so i was like you know what i'm gonna skip this yeah don't blame you uh, number 48 we have empress of with us uh this was the follow-up to me yeah me empress us. of me empress of, of yes yeah. um this was really good pitchfork didn't seem to like it that much which i'm surprised by sort but, of surprisingly uh, a handful of really great songs on here when i'm with him love for me i don't even smoke weed uh really good songs on here some pop flair with uh some spanish language in there too jake yeah, it, it, it's a very worthwhile listen, I'd say. Um, didn't end up ranking for me, uh, but it, it was, like, close. It was probably in that, like, 55-ish mm. range. Um, we have, at 47, uh, Joyce Manor with Million Dollars to Kill Me. I remember mentioning earlier this year that uh, whenever Joyce Manor comes out with an album, I get excited. I think that this was my least favorite of their last few. Yeah, um, still good, still consistent, still a fun listen, but uh, just didn't grab me like the last couple did, like Cody did or Never Hung Over Again. I just feel like there was it, there was actually less consistency in terms of the back half of the track list. I would agree with that. Uh, number 46, we have No Name with Room 25, one of the many great rap albums that came out this year. This just missed my rankings, Jake, but you had this sitting at the number 35 spot. Yep. Uh, really enjoyable. Again, this was kind of a later year release, so I didn't get to listen to it as much as I maybe would have liked. She's such an entertaining word uh, smith, mm, Sean. Mm-hmm. I find that I, I like the way she twists words, and I like the way she uh, owns her femininity through yes. throughout her raps. Yes. How's that for you? I How's like that it. for a 2018 take? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Number 44, Ice Age with Beyondless, an album that I was uh, I would have thought would have ranked higher Earlier in the year, um, I think the more I listened to it, the more I realized that the aesthetic aside, some of the songs don't totally hold up. That being said, there's a couple really good ones on here. Painkiller. Catch um, it. Catch it. Uh, I really like the opening track, too. I'm trying to remember what that's called, but I can't. Mm, Couldn't have been that good, Jake. Uh, Well, I forget track names a lot. Mm, Fair. Uh, Yeah, I didn't rank it. I I liked it when it came out, but it just didn't grab me uh, like some other albums did. is actually the first of three ties in a row. Yeah, it is. So... Also tied at 44 is Tom Berlin with her album At Weddings. This was a nice, relaxed folk album. Um, reminded me a lot of Julie Byrne, actually, mm. one of my favorites from 2016. Um, so this had a very similar vibe to it. Uh, I would go back to this one a lot when I was like falling asleep or just really wanted to chill. Uh, and there's a few standout tracks on there, so very worth checking out if that's your vibe. Uh, 42, we have another tie. Um Paul McCartney, Egypt Station, is the one that is in there because of me. Uh, not a consistent album, not even a great album. One that I just had a ton of fun listening to because I was like, there's a one of the two main songwriters in the Beatles is still alive, mm, still writing music. That matters. And there's like five, six songs on here that I uh, enjoy. I, it was a polarizing album, though. Some people hate uh, Fuh You. And I, can, I love that song. I can understand why you would hate it. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. But I... I think there's a like a catchy song in there. I, so. I would agree. Anyways. Uh, also tied at number 42 is Spirit Night with Shame. I, honestly, like we couldn't have 
two more different albums. Literal opposites. Um, Not in terms of sound. No, because they're both rock albums, but Spirit Night's kind of like more of a lo-fi, pop-punk, emo type of release. And Paul McCartney is Paul McCartney, so... Right, and Spirit Night has like maybe just under 2,000 Spotify followers. (laughs) Yeah, uh, this didn't get talked about that much, but I really liked this album. I was a big fan of it. Uh, I've always said, basically, as like the elevator pitch for this album, it's the guitarist from The World's a Beautiful Place uh, just doing like really good pop-punk songs. Tied for number 40... DJ Kose, or Cozy, not actually sure how that's pronounced, with Knock Knock. Uh, this ranked, uh, on my account, I ranked this one, uh, I, you know what, to be honest, listen to it not that many times in yeah. full, but there's some really, really cool songs on here. The production is super interesting, and weirdly melodic, and it's it's very long, but of the producer sort of experimental sound albums that came out this year this is one where every time i listen i was like oh yeah shit there's some cool stuff on that here. got a ton of love on end of the year list dude it was like third on the pitchfork list yeah. which i felt yeah. was maybe excessive but that being said i think either of us listened to it that much oh like, no i think i maybe listened to it once or not at all i don't even remember right um uh yeah i think i listened once but and it was good it was good it but. definitely stuck with me just enough where i was like i'm gonna put this yeah. on because i i know i will probably go back to a couple of these tracks Tied with that album at number 40 is Beach House with Seven. I actually really like this album, Jake. I think it it does not get the credit it deserves because it's another consistently good Beach House album. Yeah. Beach House in 2018 is not really moving the needle other than the people who are already fans and who are like, yep, they're still making good music. And honestly, like, if this album had come out five years ago, it's in the top ten. That that's that's a fact. Yeah, that is a fact. Because this album's great. It's I, yeah. I mean, for me, man, it's it's sort of the same story. I think it's it's better than either Depression Cherry or Thank, Thank Your Lucky, Lucky Stars. Absolutely I think it it's a solid step up from that. I had it just outside my fifty. I think it was like maybe fifty one. I almost kept it at fifty, and then I, I think I swapped it out. But um, yeah, I enjoyed it more. Um, but you know, for me, ultimately, it's sort of a little bit of the same story. Um, of yeah. just like not totally it just doesn't totally sink in for me is that important yep totally uh, number 39 Metro Boomin Not All Heroes Wear Capes uh, this is a Travis Scott joint album with who? Uh, 21 Savage right, so 21 Metro Savage. Boomin producing and then 21 Savage and Travis Scott uh, providing uh, lyrics and kind of getting in a bunch of guests too this album was a ton of fun it was like World light it was like the fall version of World. um there's some misses on here, sure, like any rap album, but I was so surprised at, at how good this was, and there were some songs on here that rivaled some of the best rap songs of the year. So, Metro Boomin' wants some more, Jake. There you go. I think this is you, actually. Number 38, we have Lord Huron with Vide Noir. This this is such an interesting album because it's it's like three songs too long, it is a front-loaded record where Very. the first, like, five songs are five of my favorite folk rock songs of the past, like, three years. It kind of trails off after that. Um, but I gotta say, Lord Huron, for as much as they could be a punchline, are just out there doing their thing. They're like, hey, we're gonna make, like, enjoyable folk rock that has some hooks and some nice moments to it. And we don't, we don't really care. We have a really big fan base that, but like, we don't really get talked about that much. They're one of those weird bands, you know? Yeah, they're in, they're in that range of like, 
just about commercial enough to be right. successful. But they're not on top 40 and they're, they don't have the critical love to put them onto like pitchfork or end of the year lists. They're in, they're in a no man's land, but they, they, they have a big, they have a big fan base. They so. are in no man. It was land. a really enjoyable album. I liked it a lot. Number 37. Uh, we both ranked this exactly the same, actually alien boy sleeping lessons. Uh, my re-listen of this a couple days ago cinched it for me. I, I probably wouldn't have ranked it, but I re-listened to it. The first two tracks on this are incredible. He's so the good. The dissonant sort of bendy riff at, to start off Somewhere Without Me. That song yep. is amazing. Yes, it's it is. so good. One of the best songs of the year. One um, of the best rock songs. And this is a cool sort of hazy, lo-fi, shoegazy kind of uh, emo album. Yes. Uh, that, that I really came to, to like a, a great deal by the end of the year. I did too. Number 36, we have More More with the Heaven's Only Wishful EP. I did not rank this one, Jake. As good as the single uh, is, Heaven's Only Wishful, the song... I did not care for the rest of this EP. I only listened once, yeah. but I was just like, eh, I don't need to go back. I I think, I mean, do what you want, but I think it's worth revisiting. Okay, and I, I won't. Um, that's but, fine. I, no, I'm just kidding. I probably should. <laughs> I, I, I did rank it because I usually think all the other songs are pretty strong on here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, again, it's a, it's a short EP, and if you liked that Heaven's Only Wishful song, uh, whatever comes to mind is a good song on here. Um, I think there's only like five tracks, 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, it, it's yeah. good. It's like, I think it's good, catchy sort of R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, number 35, Little Dark Age by MGMT. Uh, I think by all accounts, or at least by in both of our opinions, a very solid return album for MGMT. It really was. I was so pleasantly surprised to have MGMT come back with an album that I was excited to listen to and had fun listening to. There's yeah. a lot of good songs on here, man. Little Dark Age, the song, I think is yeah. one of their best songs since Congratulations. Me and Michael. Me and Michael, like there, there's a lot of good stuff on here. Um, it it's, ranked a little bit lower for me, but I, I still really, really liked it. It's uh, it's catchy. It's sort of hooky. It's also very quirky and and just very weirdly funny in the way MGMT can be. And you know what was a good primer for this album, Jake, was that uh, Ariel Pink one last year. That yeah. reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. So which, yeah. dude, I I gotta go back to Bobby Jameson. That album's yeah, so good. I know. It's been I a know. while since I've listened to it. Uh, number thirty four. We have Grouper. With Grid of Points. Uh, again, this was another one that ranked pretty high for you. I did not rank it. I enjoyed this album quite a bit. This was another one that I listened to when I was falling asleep or wanted just like a chill, relaxed album. I don't think I listened to it as much as maybe you got a chance to, though. I uh, This was on a pretty routine ro- rotation for a while at work when I really needed something that was yeah. serene and quiet. Um, yeah. And, you know, it actually, I think... When I listened to it near the end of the year, my sort of esteem for it went down a little bit, but yeah. it was it was strong enough to make it on the ranking. Uh, number thirty three, double negative by Low, uh, mm. the return of a nineties uh, shoegaze uh, sort of dream pop band. Um, this is a really cool album that uh, ver- it goes sort of from that shoegaze that I mentioned to I think some sort of glitchy interesting kind of like experimental experimental yeah. production type of stuff um, a lot of it sort of a commentary on the modern uh, the predicament we find ourselves in, yeah. in world politics today you know what's interesting Jake is the more I was doing re-listens the more I think that seeped into music this year in a not so obvious way. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, like I don't read and yeah, I, I don't think anxiety. You can necessarily point to one album that was like, ooh, this addressed 2018 and Trump in a really concise, perfect way. But there's a ton of albums, and this low one is definitely one of them that let that whole vibe and feeling of this year sink into it. 
and it showed itself in different ways. So I don't think anyone's going to come out with an album that speaks to Trump explicitly, but I think a lot of ones this year did in ways that were a little bit abstract. It's almost like in the way that, and this is a tangent, but it's almost like I've heard a lot of criticism of the Alec Baldwin Trump impression in the sense that Trump is such a caricature of himself that to even do an impression of him is like you can't even make it sillier. Yeah. So to hit it so on the head yep. as to say, like, make like an anti Trump album, it's almost like, yeah, dude, like we all feel this way. Yeah. It sucks. You're being obvious. Life, with this. life yeah, is yeah. absurd. Like, yeah, I know. We get it. Like, <laughs> right. This insane clown man <laughs> is president. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get into some more of that as we go along. Um, number 32, Jake, Half Wave with Lavender. Uh, so this is the solo project. Uh, from one of the members of Pine Grove, and I think, uh, why am I blanking on her name right now, Jake? Oh, it's like not, Nadia, not a Jada Pinkett or something. Oh. Jada Pinkett Smith? No, um, <laughs> no. It is Nandy Rose Plunkett. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Um, she, I think, has done a really good job of setting herself apart from Pine Grove and kind of really establishing herself as a viable solo act that can compete. Um, in, in really the same breath as them. I loved Lavender. I think it has f a few of my favorite songs of the year, like Lavender Burning, Back in Brooklyn, Lilac House. Really great stuff. Uh, I kept going back to this one throughout the year. You know what I actually find interesting is that the last time, I, I distinctly remember, I actually don't know what year it was. might have been 16, where Half Wave was on it, and so was Grouper, and we were swapped on that. Yeah. Because I ranked Half Wave, yes. you ranked Grouper. Yes. And I noticed it, it was interesting this year that it went the opposite way. Yep. Something about this Halfway album, good as a lot of those tracks were, and the ones you mentioned, I do really like. Uh, it never quite put its hooks into me. I don't mm. know what it. I, I can't even fully. Yeah, explain I, it. I will. I will say it took me a while before I was like, oh, this is a great album, more sure. than just this. There's great songs on here. It did take me until like September or October. Okay. Um, for that, that to to actually really up until my last like re-listen of it uh, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um wasn't until I fully embraced it. I, can, I hear that. Why don't we swap here? Because I know that... Yeah, yeah. yeah number 31, we have J. Cole with KOD. Um, J. Cole's doing his thing, Jake. I don't think J. Cole gets enough credit for being one of the better rappers technically, and I, I think just his ability to put out a good record. Um, KOD is incredibly consistent. His, his raps are great. Has a good message behind it, too, on a lot of the songs, so... Um, really, really enjoyable rap album from a, a good rap year. Number 30, um, Against All Logic, 2012 to 2018. Uh, I think listeners might recall that the uh, number two song on my songs list was This Old House Is All I Have. Um, this album uh, ranked fairly highly for me. I guess I had it ninth. Um, it, it was, it's a producer album. It's a, it's a sort of a beats album electronic, experimental, whatever you want to call it. We always just say all those words in a row whenever we <laughs> yeah, want to describe what this genre is. Um, uh, I love it. There's there's so many good tracks on here. It's one of those ones where when I look back, I'm like, I actually don't know all the song names because they right, yeah, may as well yeah. not be a song name. Yep. Um, Such a Bad Way is another one I really like. Um, but there, there's several songs on here that... I Never have, Dream. Yeah, it's I Never really Dream. Good. Really interesting production. And, I mean, we talked at length last week about... This Old House Is All I Have, that aesthetic sort of permeates through the album. And this was another one that was really important to me during a time of the year where I like needed yeah. something to zone out on yeah, lyrically. Yeah, yeah I it just missed my top 50. It did make my honorable mentions list, though. Number 29, Jake, we have Adrian Lanker 
with Abyss Kiss. Yeah. Um, this, this is the solo record from Adrian Lanker, the lead singer-songwriter behind Big Thief, uh, a band that we have really grown to like over the last couple years. She is just a songwriting master. Like, she just churns out beautiful melodies in 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 forms that aren't always the most obvious either. Like, yeah. I, I think when I first listened to this album, I was like, ooh, there's some, like, stuff maybe I don't love. And then after a few listens, it, it really flipped for me and flipped a switch. So Yeah, I came to really, really lo- love this album. And um, there, there's so many nice, subtle... Uh, the way she sings is like such it's so like sort of heartbreaking I think mm. and like her voice is so sort of fragile but the way she delivers it all is strong and her lyricism is so like dark it sits oh with you God, it's I like it, it, some of it's truly like upsetting yeah. um and I I kind of enjoyed the production on this album was almost entirely like her and a guitar there was some like I, there's one song with sort of a chugging electric guitar maybe a couple but for the most part it's pretty stripped back and uh, it, it's good as a quiet listen. It's good as a close listen because yep. she's you know bringing it with interesting lyrics and all that. Yeah, this one uh, snuck up on me more than I thought it might. Yeah, and, and you make a good point about it being dark. Like I mentioned that uh, that Tomberlin album is one yeah. that I would listen to kind of at night or about to go to sleep. Even though there were some really sad and sometimes dark lyrics on that Tomberlin album, this Adrian Lanker one just felt a little different. Even though they were a similar vibe, I was like, ooh, I don't want to listen to that as I'm about to fall asleep. Like, there's some dark shit there. It like, always feels like with Adrian Lanker, something happened there. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I do, because I think it did. <laughs> so I, It just always feels like she something happened in her life that really yeah, fucked her up. Yeah, no, I hear you. And that, I think, uh, comes right through. Yes. Uh, number 28. Wild Pink with Yoke in the Fur. Uh, we both ranked it. You had it higher than I did. Um, a little bit, yep. And I just write it 25, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought this was a cool, uh, like, sort of little bit country, a little bit folk, a little bit almost like, you know what it reminded me of? Um, of last, that what was that band from Indiana last year that I actually um, oh, oh, ranked oh, pretty high? Yeah. Uh, um, dream. Yeah. No. Th- Thunder Dreamer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound real. It but doesn't. That was the that band. Was the album. This <laughs> yep. album reminded me of that. If you removed like ten percent, yes, rock. that's a that's a great point. Um, this is just one of the most purely like good albums this year. You yeah. know, like it was never a favorite, but it was also just like wow, this was just good. This is just a good album. You and know, and it has a I think great album cover. Yeah, which yeah. helps. Yes, it does. Uh, the song Yoke in the Fur came at a time that was, you know, going through a lot of changes. And there's a lyric about, like, I'm making changes to my life or whatever. And it was just, like, very, very on the nose. Yeah, so. and, like, that song Lake Erie yeah. has some really nice sort of, I think, like, either steel guitars or some kind of cool sound some going on beautiful moments on this. Yeah, it is. And it, I think it is... In some cases, like what you could knock it for is like it is sometimes more beautifully produced than it is purely good. Yeah, I think in some yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? What yeah, I mean? um, if you if you pay a, like too much attention, some of the songs fall apart. You they, they, that's kind of what I realized, but still just good, just a good album. Jake. Yeah, and it's coming in right in the middle of our rankings. It is. It is. Yep. It's you. Uh, number twenty-seven. We have the nineteen seventy-five with a brief inquiry into online relationships. Now, the way this album was talked about, Jake, made it seem like this was the 2018 millennial version of OK Computer. Do I think that's the case? No. 
is this a collection of really good rock pop songs? Like the is this like the closest version we have to a rock band being popular in 2018? Yes, they put out a good album, a lot of good singles on here. Love it if we made it. It's not living if it's not with you. I like America and America likes me. Two time. I, I like give yourself a try. Give yourself a try. There, there's like really solid songs on here. But what I'll say about it is that I think while those songs are really good, there's a couple of things that stick with me. I I just am, I never give a shit when the 1975 goes slow. I don't. Either. I just don't. I don't care. either, man. Um, for the most part, and the like. While there's moments I like, like uh, what's that one called? I'm. I'm Something about I'm so in love or I'm very... Like that second to last track where he's oh, like, what yeah. about these feelings? Yeah. There's parts of that I like. Right. And then I'm like, but what is this aesthetic they're going I for? Know, man. What is this like... That's where they lose me. This sort of unironic, like mid to late 80s soulless production they're doing. What yeah. is that? With like the really sort of chimey and like echoey reverby synths. I don't know, man. It just, it loses me. And like when people are like calling this the like the best album that's come out in rock in years dude spin i think ranked this number one on their list that's bullshit and like <laughs> an album we both liked and ranked in our top 50 no but that like, <laughs> this it, is number 27 on our list i know but that is bullshit it like it, it, it is it's not as what are they gonna do man no, i know like and like it's part, fucking spin and i think parts of it are definitely fun and parts of it are definitely interesting but like I don't know, man. I just think it's like it's like their last album, although shorter. Still a little too long. Yeah. Still a little bit too much bloat. A like, little bit of filler. I, so I will say, with where's the, the fucking soul in this album? Uh, and it's the, they, they save it for the big pop songs. Yeah, but like the the just the way it sounds is so devoid of. I think that's kind of the point, though, because I get they're it. like we are crossing this is, like lines here this is great because it's i saw this tweet that perfect perfectly encapsulates what just happened with us yeah and someone tweeted they're like why is every review with the 1975 i hate this but it's exactly what this moment needs because <laughs> dude this album this is a perfect example man like the world's fucked like this band's gonna come along and speak to that in an ironic but also really earnest way yeah and it just kind of clicks it kind of works I, yeah i mean again i think the moments where it does click i'm really feeling it like and it's on all yeah. those songs you mentioned yeah and, and i actually you know what i really like is the fitter happier of this album i too. do too i skip it now because it's too long actually i think it's funny when they're like when he's like and he the man went back and looked at the internet and watched people having sex <laughs> online like it I, happens and he says it like really fast all smooshed together that part's really funny um this 1975 one last thing i'll say before we move on this was up there with a few other albums where it was like it had a handful of my absolute favorite songs and then the rest falls off. That I would say like Scorpion was up there with that. That Lord Huron album was like that. This 1975 album was like that. There was like a collection of those that I was like, I have to rank these a little bit lower. Yeah. But the highs were high. The lows were a little too low. Yeah, man. It just like, again, I, I agree with you. And it's like, I just don't understand why... They would go for like they're trying to sound like a Michael Bolton '80s ballad on some of these songs. Know. It just it did. Yeah. There, it's like w the math of it falls apart. I'm like, why? Like, what's the fucking point just of that? Take some of those off. I don't know. I don't know, man. Anyways, yeah, yeah no. Some people obviously love them, but what are yeah, we seriously, next? dude, they've got a lot of they've got a groundswell behind yeah. them. 
Uh, 26, Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever with Hope Downs. I think a very solid full-length album So from this solid. Band. This is up there. It's really fun. With that Wild Pink album as just being like so wheelhouse good. It's yeah. like this is a genre that I'm always going to be down for. These like kind of jammy guitar records. You know what song gets stuck in my head all the time is Ballerine. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, I love that song. My Ballerine. Yes! Like and that's the thing. Whenever I would listen to Hope Downs, I was always like, I feel like I'm not going to like it as much this time. And then I would listen, and I was like, oh, these songs are all good. This yeah. is undeniably good. My favorite remained Mainland throughout. Yeah. Uh, I loved, what was the other single? Um, I forget the name. It was the one you ranked. <laughs> Couldn't have been that good. Um, but, it, I mean, it was it was also good. Yeah, there's, there's actually a lot of good songs on here. Yeah, there are. Um, Next one. We are into our top 25. Jake, I'm very happy to see this one got into the top 25. Yeah, man, me too. Travis Scott, Astroworld. I ranked this one at number six on my list. Mm -hmm. Just out of my top five. Um, you had this 46. barely into your top 50. But this... And I will say, Sean, it yeah. ranks for me... On your love of it alone, it, like it literally <laughs> I does. Know, I know. No, and like that's not a bad thing. <laughs> right. Like, I, because I just flat out didn't listen to it that much. I really didn't. But the hits on it are undeniable. Yep. I had by proxy a lot of fun with this album yep. this year, and so that's I what felt, it is. You you summed it up. This is a fun album. This is a more fun album than it is a great album because there is some filler on here. However, Sicko Mode, Carousel, Stargazing. Those first three songs that kick this record off are unimpeachable. Yeah. I've listened to those more than almost any other song this year. It's one of my most listened to albums of the year. So many earworms on this. And that's what Trav that's the appeal of Travis Scott, Jake, is it's earworm city. He's gonna burrow in there and he's gonna live. He'll probably be like sipping lean and like doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But it's awesome. Astral World was so much fun. Drake will be taking half a Zan. <laughs> yeah, out like a light. Slept through the flight. Number 24, uh, Kendrick Lamar with the Black Panther soundtrack. Mm. Um, a soundtrack in our rankings here. And okay, it, uh, soundtrack is a loose term. Here. I agree, and that's what I'm saying, it because yeah. it, it's ultimately a Kendrick Lamar album. This, with, they, you know, we're not talking about the Garden State or Train Spotting no. soundtrack here, Jake. With this was a, this was a correct. This is a this soundtrack. This was a, inspired by yeah. the movie Black yeah. Panther. I think one of these songs yes. ends up in the credits. Yeah, all the stars. And yeah. like it's again, it's just interesting that a movie album makes the list and it, that goes to show the power of Kendrick Lamar and how good a rapper he is, how good a curator of talent he is, how good um, an ear he has for this kind of stuff. Do you think this album would have ranked higher for us and on other end-of-the-year lists if it was not associated with Black Panther in any way? 1, Without a doubt, yes. 1,000%. And that's... Uh, and it, dude, I'm not even arguing that. You're right. Okay. I just am like... I just think it's interesting. Uh, yes. I just think it's kind of cool if, that there's it, this soundtrack on this, like... This Black Panther soundtrack is, like, the equivalent of that Metro Boomin album. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, yeah, it's technically this person's album, but, like, not, because there's certain songs that Kendrick's not even on, and it's just other people's songs. And, dude, it's great. Like, uh, how many moments this year did you... Like, I like not, all the stars aside, which is, right. like, one of my favorite songs of the year... I love X, the the whole uh, Are You On 10 Yet? Yeah, that yeah. That song is sick. I love The Ways with Sway Lee. And then I freaked it. Sway Lee, by Holla the way, girl. is You've been running through the my system. rap guest of the year, in my All opinion. Day. 
Sway Lee ended up on so many awesome tracks. Yeah. I don't even know if he has like an album out or what, but his just like high falsetto-ish voice is awesome. I am T'Challa. <laughs> That's like as much of Black Panther as it gets. Uh, 23, Jake. Jeff Rosenstock with Post. I think this came out on what, New Year's Day? Yeah, so it's the oldest on this It is. List. This is basically, this might as well be a 2017 album because <laughs> right. for all intents and purposes, it was. I have more, in, my 2017 self has more in common with it than I do now, if you, that makes any sense. It does. I mean, I guess you could say that for anything probably through June. Probably. Probably. But um, this one, I think, speaks to our current political climate very very well um we talked about this a little bit in the songs podcast but jeff rosenstock with worry and now with post his, his last two albums have really spoken to the trump presidency in ways that are not uh obvious i think they're a little more subtle i think they are really he does a really good job with that though yeah it, it, it's very uh it's interesting and it's it, there's so much cool commentary about where we're at as a society on here and like what it's like to be growing up in our generation like we're millennials or like people who are in the adjacent generations who are basically young or youngish people growing up right now or living right now with smartphones and just like everything that our our life entails and, and i think in some ways the the critique of it is more concise and in some ways interesting and biting than the 1975 ever achieved yeah, really it's you know true. what i mean it, like it cuts right through um and uh there's there's some like i love tv stars on here nine nine out of ten i love usa is is great and there's so many like anthemic moments on that yeah your throat is awesome too yeah a lot of good um kind of commentary on the smartphone generation stuff i think like there's lyrics about how like you know he'll he'll be the one who's like out in public staring at his phone and yep. stuff like that. So really really like that. Uh, number twenty two, Jake. What do we got? La 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 with the lamb. Uh, I'll let you take it, Sean, because really this yeah. this ranked this highly on your on your back here. I think I ranked this eighth. Yeah yeah, I ranked it eight, and um, I loved this album. Yeah. This was kind of like a dream pop shoegazy type of record. Um, this was the de- debut from La 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 as well and uh probably probably my favorite debut of the year actually i can't really think of any others that that outdid it unless we're counting void genius but um yeah this was just a lot of fun a lot of good tracks on it uh in particular destroyer and uh when you die were were two of my favorites on that yeah this is one where it's funny like i listened i would say significantly less than you did always enjoyed it when i put it on Never had that many moments where I was like, oh yeah, that's the part I like. But it was enough to carry it into the rankings where I would like to go back to it. I enjoy it whenever I hear it. Um, Yeah, really, really good album. Number 21, Bottle It In by Kurt Vile. I think uh, this is one of the ones that we both had sort of the most pure fun with this year. We did. There's so many moments where we'd had this album on when we were like with friends or at gatherings or whatever just hanging out after or before the podcast, you know, laughing at the parts where he's like <laughs> strumming at Chet Atkins. <laughs> I love my friend. I respect my friends to the utmost degree. <laughs> like that shit, like this, it's so Kurt Vile. It's it, like, we've said it a million times. It's not really a new take. It's just him being as him as possible. Yeah. But that's why I love it. And it's Cause great. it's the most authentically him. Uh, this came at a really nice time of the year too, in the fall. This was a good yeah. walking outside album. Like I will always remember, walking to your apartment for the podcast or for whatever it was and listening to this on the way 
Number 20, we have Snail Mail with Lush. This is one that's getting a ton of love on end of the year so lists. Much. And uh, rightfully so. I, I really enjoyed this album. Uh, you know what? This was a debut uh, as well. Well, ah! No, she had an EP, but yeah, yeah, it's like one, it's like a for all intents and purposes debut. Yeah, because that um, EP did not get a ton of attention. Kind of a lo-fi uh, singer-songwriter vibe to this. Had a couple of my favorite songs in Pristine and Full Control, though. Uh, had some anthemic moments on there. Uh, where'd you have this one ranked, Jake? You had it around thirty-seven. Yeah, twenty-seven. I had, I had in the. It, it actually ranked higher than I thought it would yeah. based on my most recent listens. Um. And on the strength of Full Control, actually, which is a song that I love. Mm -hmm. um, this is one that, for, for me, ultimately never added up as much as it did for other people. Um, I thought it had definitely had moments. I felt like the critique on it, if I had one, was like, I just sort of felt like a lot of the songs sounded like the song that came before it. I, I will agree with that, and it actually, it took me a long time to get past that vibe. Yeah. I was always like, yeah, there's like four songs on here that I think are great, and the rest sound the same. It took me kind of a lot of listens to be like, oh, like there's subtleties here and sure, these yeah, are they're, actually they're, great. Yeah, like they're different songs. Yeah. And um I really had to stick with this one though. Like yeah. it, it was not like immediate by yeah, any stretch. My more recent listens to it have been better. And I guess my takeaway from this album has always been like, I see you. <laughs> right. We out here. We like, out here. Like, yep. I know people are all in on this album. I know people are loving it. I like it too. <laughs> right. it, it kind of feels like me with Beach House. Yeah, yeah, where it's just yeah. like everybody's like, "Oh, dude, snail mail." Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, yes, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I like it." And it's like, "What the fuck do you mean, dude?" <laughs> oh, oh, you don't support female songwriters? What are you? What are you fucking saying? It's good. I'm like, well, I know, like, I like it. Like, oh, you're gonna rank Kanye in the t in the top fifty? Well, maybe just at fifty. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, we out here. <laughs> um, is it me? Next? It is you. Number nineteen. Number nineteen. Wunderbar with smell smoke. Um, Re really an album that I think kind of defies classification yeah. in some ways. It's definitely a rock album, definitely falls into the genres of, uh, it's a little bit like, I guess, emo. It's a little, a little bit, bit punk, garage rock. Garage sort of, rock. There's like some heaviness there. There's some moments that I think veer toward like, it's sort of glammy and yeah. sort of like, like there's, there's these, I don't know, man, like it just feels like a band where they write interesting rock songs. Yeah. Um, and they kind of defy what you'd like to classify them as. Yeah, and I was taken by just how catchy this yeah. album yeah. was. Like, from the jump, like, acetone really kicks this album off. The songs for me have always been Big Funny and Harvest. Those are my oh, favorites. Oh, mine have been Acetone and Tonight I'm Wearing Silk. I think those are the, the two that really grabbed me. I think this whole album's excellent, though. That's funny, because usually we have at least one that, like, overlaps. But those, every time I listen, yeah. those two are the ones where I'm like, shit, yeah, these are... These are the ones for me. Number 18, we've Car Seat Headrest with Twin Fantasy. So kind of a re-release album here. I, I think a lot of end-of-the-year publications have been skipping over this one, Jake, because mm. of that reason. Um, but I it's excellent. I didn't listen to it until this year, and uh, I'm counting it as a 2018 album. Well, it's new to me. Yeah. It's re-recorded. It was yeah. It was recorded to come out this year. Exactly. And it's awesome. Yeah. I it's, mean, just like... We loved Teens of Denial when it came out in 2016. So um, you know, got to see Car Seat Headrest live, puts on a great show. One of the better, I think, lyricists and young songwriters that we have going today. He's two um, days older than you. Really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't Eat your heart out. There you go, Will Toledo. Yeah, yeah. awesome album. Uh, cute thing. Uh, sober to death. 
um, bodies. bodies. So many. It, it's more of what Will Toledo does really well, and I think it's to his credit that he was like, "Look, um, Twin Fantasy is a great album. Didn't get the credit it deserved because of how much ability and resources I had to produce it at the time. I'm just gonna remake it." Such a flex, and, and it's gonna be sick. I'm very excited to see what he does next after working through this album and what he's been stockpiling over the last year, year and a half oh, in terms dude. of new songs. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're great. Yeah, he. I, I I like also with Will Toledo. I feel like he has like the heart or like the soul or whatever bullshit metaphor you want to use of a of like an older songwriter. Yeah, he feels like a songwriter who really like dude. If he was around in the era of like Elvis Costello, right. and dudes like that. Yep, I feel like he would have been like a one superstar. of the guys. I agree. And uh, do you see the covers that he does at some of these shows? Like he'll Very do interesting. Frank Ocean covers. He'll do Radiohead. Give me covers. Frank Ocean's voice. That's right. James he, Brown's he, stage presence. That's right. Sean. Yeah. So interesting dude. Really good album. Uh, what do we have at seventeen, Jake? Number seventeen was some rap songs by Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, a new full length from Earl. Only twenty four minutes long. It is uh, whatever fifteen tracks. Mm-hmm. It's a it goes by in a haze. It's very experimental. It's vibe. very very Big dreamy. Yep. It's very much Earl rapping in his like. How did you get such a deep voice for the <laughs> right, way you right. look? Um, some super interesting moments on here, and one that just keeps sticking with me, man. Uh, it's obviously it wouldn't be like a favorite song. I love that track where he plays both his parents. Yeah, voices when she's like, like to my son Tebe, like, yeah cultural like whatever like i learn from your insights every day a thousand kisses like <laughs> that shit sticks with me like i think that's really poignant uh, it is it really is uh the the part that i always come back to on this album is on the mint i think it's the mint at least where he just keeps saying like blood to let peace to make give a yeah. fuck about a tech and he just keeps saying that over and i'm just like this is this hazy ass vibe here is, is like, he saying tech or check i always thought it was tech like he's like i don't give a fuck about a gun like i'm oh, gonna gotcha, like gotcha. blood to let it always to me it's always like peace to make blood to let like i'm gonna like my shit is so sharp it's like knives and it's like we're letting out blood. It's like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. make you leak with, like, precision more than, like, a tech. That's you know? interesting that if it is tech, I misheard it. because I, I thought think he was it, saying, could be, it could be check, Well, either too. way, I thought he was saying, give a fuck about a check. It works and either I, way, I, I thought guess. he meant, like, I don't really give right. a shit about the money. Right. Um, could yeah. be both. I and, don't like, know. dude, this is, like, a very interesting, when you do hear the lyrics, because sometimes they're inaudible and impossible <laughs> right, to exactly. parse. But when you can hear them... It's really confessional and it's really interesting and, and a lot of it, I guess, is him coming to grips with the death of his dad, who he never really uh, reconciled yeah. with, never had much of a relationship right. with. Um, and dude, Earl is just like I—he's he, becoming one of those artists where I really, really am looking forward to every release he puts out. Me too. He's Me so too. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it might be on like Red Water or Nowhere to Go. I forget what song it is, but maybe even December 24th. I don't quite remember, but there's this line that he keeps repeating where it's just like, I didn't know I could leave or whatever. Right. You know, you remember that one? And I'm yes. just like, yeah, like that's such a broad sentiment, but like, I really like that. You know what one sticks with me is when he's like, um, like bad acid fucked with my head. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, I'm fucking with my mental. Yeah, yeah. fucking with my mental. It's like, dude, what like happened? Shit. Yeah, I know. That Jesus must be a Christ. scary that place is, to be that in. That is scary. Uh, let's see here. At number 16, 
We have another great rap album. A, a good little stretch here of rap albums. Yeah. We, we have uh, Brockhampton with Iridescence. So I had never listened to Brockhampton before. I, I don't think you had either, Jake. I had not. No, no. I had heard like a track here or there right. from friends. But um, I was pleasantly surprised with how, A, accessible this was. Because weirdly, I always thought Brockhampton was like kind of like Death Grips. I always thought it would be like kind of like that kind of gang rap, like yeah. really aggressive. Me too. Not like gangster. I mean, like a group of guys just like screaming, kind of yelling. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought that too. All. It's like very palatable, like pop forward in a lot of ways. Oh, dude, some of it's so catchy, but also deals with a lot of mental health issues. I would put Earl and this Brockhampton. They're two sides of the same coin. I think. Like, Earl is kind of this hazy, lo-fi production that's speaking to a lot of mental health issues in, I think, more abstract ways. Brockhampton is, like, the shinier, more pristine, clearer discussion around those mental health issues, but in a more, like, just obvious way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is the more, I think, it's obvious like a, It's album. almost like the a bright and a dark side of... of those conversations in a way i would agree with that and i think that the uh, the production on this is is incredible and it's really it's clear and it's clean and it's it like sort of in that way very different than earl um and dude yeah there's so many like i think interesting hooks on the album where it's like th these are not i don't th i mean i wouldn't say they're like it's not like a dj Khaled hook or no like a, no 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 it, these but are... they're like they're they're interesting thoughtful melodic moments yeah and I th I don't know that this album could get made by anyone else besides like this collective of people because like they're all kind of firing off verses like one after the other and they all bring like this little earworm piece to it. Yep. Um that is probably not sustainable even over a whole track. It can really only hit for those like 30 seconds and then it's on to the next person to do their thing for 30 seconds. Right. That really really works. I don't know it's just such a perfect combo of things that come together on this album. Yeah, it's it's I think a very cool dynamic um, that it is this collective of guys who are all in it to make interesting music. It kind of reminds me of uh, of like Earl and Tyler in that game. Yeah, um, Odd Future. Yes, um, but but I don't think did Odd Future ever even do an album of maybe they did. I don't remember like there being an Odd Future album. They did a bunch of mixtapes, I think. Oh, okay. Um, and they were more... Odd Future, I think, was much more of an underground thing. Than... Well, and they also were like... They were at the same time doing Loiter Squad and trying to be like jackass, too. Right, right. And I, I, I just think their approach was a little bit different. Very they, different. They seemed to be like, we don't care like no. how we're perceived or, or, or classified. Whereas Brockhampton seems to be going for it in a more linear way. Odd Future was definitely more punk and more for shock value. Yeah, and it's so interesting to see the talent that has come out of Odd Future. We will have Tyler the Creator, Earl Sweatshirt, Frank Ocean, just to name three of like the obvious big ones. Which is incredible. Those are massive names, man. Dude, like Frank Ocean is like one of the most important artists of our generation. I know. I remember even in like 2000 well, when did, I, I guess, when did Channel Orange come out? 2012? Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I remember even around then, it was like, are these Odd Future guys going to, like, put it together? Like, what's their deal? Like, who's going to come Dude. out of this, like, looking good? And Frank was the first one, but I think Tyler and Earl over the last couple of years have really kind of 
come into their own in yeah. that conversation. Didn't too. it always feel like uh, like Frank kept the Odd Future thing at arm's length a little bit? Yeah, it was, it was always like, is he a member? Is he not? Like, what's the deal? Yeah. Yeah, it did, it, did, it did seem that way. Uh, number 15, Kid See Ghosts, their debut, Kid See Ghosts. Uh, this is the Kid Cudi, Kanye West collaborative album. Um, seven tracks, it's nice and lean. It's mm. in the same sort of uh, foot, like sort of um, template that Ye was in and, and Pusha T with Daytona was in. Short to the point, I think this song, this album was much more interesting than Ye and had yeah. all my most of my favorite moments of Kanye verses this year were on this album yep. as opposed to on Ye, which yes. is really interesting. Yes. Um and Cuddy is great on here too. There's so many like quotable, memorable moments yeah. on here. This I think is up there with Daytona as the strongest output from the twenty eighteen Wyoming sessions that Kanye did. And I'm including Ye, I'm including that Nas album, I'm including Tiana Taylor and some of the other yes. projects that he worked on. Totally agree. Uh Kids See Ghost and Daytona were my two favorites. And, you know, we talked about Feel the Love on the Songs podcast, but I also want to shout out Reborn and Cuddy Montage. Like Fourth Dimension for four, me yeah, is a big like, one. This is just consistently good. Uh, it's quick. I'm actually... It's interesting because I don't think this album's getting enough credit for no. what it is. Almost because of the fallout from Ye and all of Kanye's antics. It's almost not fair. People are like, eh, let's just not talk about Kid See Ghost that much. I, I think this album is excellent. Yeah. And I really like... Once I fell into a groove with it, I really loved it. Um, and there, yeah, there's so many, like, the production on it's so cool. It is obviously a little slight, but that's what they sort of were going for. Right, I don't right. know. I mean, I guess you could argue that either way. Right. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I loved this album, and I, I ranked it uh, pretty high on my list. So yep. I, I'm glad to see it. It made our top 15 here. Uh, let me take number 14, Jake. You'll grab 13. At I think number... I said 15, didn't I? Oh, did you? Oh, then that works out. Number 13. Nope, 14. Sorry. We have Frankie Cosmos with Vessel. Yeah, this is the second album. Is it the second album, or do they have other ones? Well, there was next. Thi- this is preparedness, Jake. Preparedness. It comes down to preparedness. Uh, it well, it, so yeah, she had that one album with the dog on it. I think that's an EP, and then she had the next thing. Okay, was it? yeah, Zentropy was the first one. Yeah. Ten songs, seventeen minutes, and then yeah. So next thing was was the big one from twenty sixteen, where I think Frankie Coswell's really burst onto the scene. Vessel was one that. I feel like the buzz kind of wore off. Yeah. If, if we're talking buzz bands, you definitely say Frankie Cosmos was one in 2016. Without a doubt. It seems like people were on to the next with this. It was like, oh, let's talk about snail mail. Let's talk about soccer mommy. We're not going to talk about Frankie Cosmos as much. When, in fact, I, I think Frankie Cosmos put out an album that was better than snail mail and just as good as soccer mommy. Really really cool album and i think that in some ways i even though i liked this album and ranked it fairly high i fell into that trap myself where i was like i'm not gonna listen to this as much i'm not as interested it's so good and then every time i went back i was like oh yeah right being alive caramelize i really love like yep. there's a lot of good songs in there so and it's again it's one of those albums where it's it's a moments album mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a tracks album to oh, me oh no it's so it is hard to pick individual ones out because a lot of them are so short um, what is this, like 17 songs over like maybe half an hour? Yeah, it's I think 33 minutes, which for her yeah, is long. Yeah, 33, yeah, that's right. That's and right. You know, what's funny is it is all relative because I look at 33 minutes from anyone else and I'm like, oh, I'll oh, blow through that quick. Right. With Frankie, I was like, I, I, I honestly, in my mind, every time I went to listen to this, I was like, this is her long album. I don't right. have time right now. <laughs> right. I did, dude. I, I had know. that mentality, which makes no sense. I know. It's and, weird. It's all relative. It, it, it's her doing her stuff more 
And, you know, I guess what would be interesting to see from her is if she could, if she diversifies a little bit more in the future. But again, right, like, I right. think this well, is Well, that's you, the thing. You want from Frankie I, Cosmos. And, you know, maybe one of the knocks on this was, oh, it's like the same thing yeah. over again. And I do think there's only a limited amount of records that they can keep doing this with. Or Greta Klein can keep writing these same types of songs. I think this runs out after, you know, you stop being... You get older than 23 years old. I don't know that you can keep speaking to these, like, really earnest, like, feelings. Right. And I think that's kind of the problem with, like, Soccer Mommy and Snail Mail. As good as those albums are, it's like, this works so well because you're the age that you are. Yep. You definitely are a good songwriter, but, like, what will be next will be the most interesting thing. Age and perspective changes that. And, you know, we're, Sean, 26, oh, so oh, we know we're... everything. Yes. Yes, we do. We know everything there is to know. Jesus, we are getting old, um, Jake. We are. Lucky number 13, Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. This was my number one album of the year. Um, an album that, uh, for me, is really, really important. I've talked about it at length. I don't have to go into it too much. Um I think that there are. I honestly think this album is a classic, and I think that it's starting to be viewed that way by yeah by people. I yeah. saw this this out this list today. I, th I forget who it was. It might have been Stereo Gum. Might have been Consequence of Sound. They interviewed some music writers and musicians about uh, what is an album from this year that's going to be iconic. Yeah, and uh, two of t actually, it's interesting. Lucy Dacus was interviewed, and so was um, uh, Snail Mail. I can't remember her actual right. name. Uh, they both picked uh, Golden Hour. That's awesome. Uh, for similar reasons to... I mean, the thing that people tend to write about this album is like, oh, Casey is exploring things that are beautiful about life like she's the first person ever to notice. And it's a little earnest. Yeah, yeah. And it's a little bit like maybe eye-rolling the first time you hear it, but the songs are so beautiful. Yep. For me, what, what stuck with me was just like, she brings it on every single song here. Like, sure, are is is Wonder Woman and Happy and Sad? Are those like a little lower than the others? I think so. Yeah. But honestly, dude, there's not a track on here I skip. I, it, it, like, I remember actually saying when we first talked about this album the week it came out or whatever, I was like, I think this is my favorite album of the year already. Yeah. And I, I, I'm pretty sure we can go back to the tape, but I'm pretty sure I said like, I think this album might be a classic, dude. I think you, yeah, you did. I do remember that. And. and and I, I, I really want it to be clear that, I mean, we talk and we joke about the self-fulfilling prophecy thing about right. about how you basically said you were like, I wanted to really like, uh, really dislike EA, yep. so I made myself. I, I, I truly don't think that's what happened with this album. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I know that, and it's a, a genuine love on your part, and I'm really happy that it did rank for number one for you. And uh, it did not rank as high for me. I had this at, I think, number 28 or 29. Yep. Um, I, I really enjoyed this album, Good to too. see it rank. Um, I think it is technically, objectively, one of the best albums of the year. Like, yeah, yeah. songs-wise, and just, like, everything about it is undeniably one of the most consistent albums of the year. Um, I just, I did not have the emotional connection to it that you did. That was, I, I had that for some other ones. That's a hundred percent fair too. But like, yeah, that, and that's what it comes down to. And like, honestly, in the, at, with these rankings, you know, to rank 28th out of the hundred plus albums that we listened to this year and to maybe not have the strongest emotional connection really speaks to how strong this album is and yeah. how good it just is. It, it definitely also on top of, I think being 
such a strong album songs wise in terms of how it's sequenced everything really um the sequencing is great i have to say like perfect the track list like just the way it's ordered is pretty perfect it is and it's like it's a really finely tuned it album makes the album better for oh, the dude. way it sequenced. it flows so nicely and, and that i think is rare in 2018 because for me and again like I, I i don't think there's a bad track on here and i i mentioned my two least favorite which are wonder woman and happy and sad two songs that when i hear them I'm like fuck these are actually sick right um for me dude when i start this album from tracks one through seven i'm like that's a knockout that one yeah, kills me yeah. this one kills me yep. like and it flows so nicely yep. from one to the next um yeah th this one talk about emotional connection uh two things one it came along at a difficult point in my life like a, a, right. a tough moment in the year right where a lot of just different shit was coming together all at once um and i really needed an album like this mm -hmm. so maybe that's part of it and and the other part is like dude with the emotional connection thing sometimes like you, ju you just can't explain it i know oh absolutely and like and for yep. me with this album dude like it was like from literally the the second listen yep. i was like damn I feel a connection to this album and to these songs in a way that I never would have expected. Yes. And like, dude, that sounds corny as shit. Well, no, because I, I think uh, Foxing, my number one album of the year, not yeah. to spoil anything, no. but uh, that is exactly how I felt. It was from the first listen. I was just like, oh, there's something different about this album that is speaking to me in a really specific way right now, and it just floored me. So yeah. I, I totally understand that feeling. Absolutely. And we'll talk more about that album. So yeah, anyways, parting thoughts. This is... Uh, Golden Hour is one of, one of the most important albums, like in my life, actually. Yeah. Like of all yep. time for me. So yep. uh, I was happy to have the chance to listen to it. I was happy to have the chance to rank it. Number 12, we have Sidney Gish with No Dogs Allowed. I think this, uh, other than Jeff Rosenstock, was the first album that we listened to this year, Jake, and that really had an impact on us. Um, I think this got a, a boost from being one of the few albums that we had to listen to in yeah. January and February of this year. Uh, I got to see her open for Mitski this year, which was also really cool. An up-and-coming talent that is actually from Boston and f uh, pretty pretty local uh, yeah. in a way. So uh, we both really enjoyed this one. So many good, catchy, little, funny, quirky songs on there. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Frankie Cosmos. You can definitely tell. Something about these young women that are writing songs in this, like, 18 to 22 age range yeah they're all feeding on a similar energy and vibe that is really working the melodic structure of sydney gish's songs many of them um reminds me of like music you'd hear in sesame street and that sounds <laughs> yes. like that sounds like um a, a, put, a put yeah. down yeah and it, it's not the one i'm thinking is like good magicians or whatever yeah yeah with that like like that like sort of weird sort of like almost accordion melody right, that's right, on it right it's just like a lot of this it, it's sort of i would say that the the simplicity of the melodies that she puts out there or the way they're simple or the way they catch you i think belies how complex her playing is because oh, she's yeah. an incredible guitar player um, especially for her young age which I, I think she's 21 22 i think so yeah maybe even younger yeah um she's incredible and she can really play and it's 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 so interesting to hear because she's still coming out i think like unfiltered like yeah. this is oh, just the there's so much you remember even I mean we're only 6 years removed but like the amount that you feel and and want to express changes in that short amount of time that's the per and that's what I mean about you know Frankie Cosmo, Soccer Mommy, Snail Mail, Sydney Gish they're all channeling those emotions when you're feeling them so strongly and 
you're smart enough to realize you're feeling them and then speak to them, or in this case, write these gorgeous, catchy songs about them. Um, they're all channeling that, and that really comes across in a good way. Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, number 11, Whack World from Tierra Whack. Uh, this ranked in my top 10. Uh, I think it ranked as my number 5 or my number 6. Mm-hmm. Um Really cool album, like 15 songs, 15 minutes, an interesting concept for an album. Each song had funny little lines. Each song had hooks that immediately sort of grabbed you. Some of them like verged more towards sort of like hazy SoundCloud rap sounds. Mm. Some songs she sounded like she was like almost like a country singer, like fuck off. Right. Um, Songs like Hookers had like a cool sort of laid back vibe about them um yeah man they, I, I just thought this was such an interesting record yeah 15 songs 15 minutes and uh i have not watched it but apparently there's a whole like 15 minute youtube yep. video that goes along with this so it's kind of a visual album in a way too i definitely need to check that out uh this ranked uh i think number 21 for me so so pretty high a lot of earworms here a lot a lot of earworms so many this Very is a big good. one for uh this album and uh, Casey were the two big ones for uh, for me and Mary Kate this year. Yes, where we would like nice. we definitely would pop on some Tierra Whack. Yep. on the car rides places. Uh, number ten into our top ten, Jake. We have Soccer Mommy with Clean. Uh, we've referenced her a couple times already when talking about Sydney Gish and Frankie Cosmos and Snail Mail. I think this is the crown jewel of those four albums, Jake. I think this is the strongest <laughs> output of any of them. Uh, songs like Your Dog, songs like Scorpio Rising. Cool. Cool. I think this is the most fully formed of of all of those records, and I think if I were a betting man, Jake, and I am, um, (laughs) I would, would, as as, as we all know, um, I would put my money on, on Soccer Mommy to maybe... Keep this up. Keep up the momentum. Yeah, man. I mean, th- yeah, this is one that took me by surprise uh, and really, really grabbed me. Like, there's so many good songs on here, and it, I think it holds together as an album, too. It's a fun, cohesive does, listening yeah. experience. Fun is the wrong word. It's sort of sad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's, Angsty. But it's sad in that way that, like you were mentioning, I don't take totally seriously anymore. Yeah, it's... It's sad in the way that you remember feeling those things and feeling them so fully then, but now you're almost nostalgically remembering that. Yeah. But you're also sad that you don't feel things as strongly anymore, but you're also happy that you don't. That's what it is, is like she's singing about how sad she is. And we're like, oh, like, I remember what it was like to feel real feelings <laughs> right. and not just be like... A shadow of those feelings. And not just be yes. dysthymic. <laughs> Number nine. <laughs> Number nine. Speaking of... Uh, Dysthymia. <laughs> yeah, and like probably mental illness. Father John Misty. With Our God's, boy. God's favorite customer. Um, another really solid entry from him, especially one year removed from uh, what is not considered his best album, but what is certainly kind of like an opus oh, in, yeah. in pure comedy. Like I, I, I personally think pure comedy is a classic album. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an important album. It is so interesting that he comes back a year later with god's favorite customer with a songs album i think yeah yeah exactly speaking to some of the personal relationship strife that he has encountered uh over the last couple years and although i think pure comedy and i love you honey bear are better this album is still so good and weirdly 
doesn't get the credit it deserves no. because of the output that he has come come with the last couple years. This was not a lot of lists at all. No, not really. I yeah. didn't see it on Pitchforks. Uh, was it was it? not on Pitchforks, even though they gave it a best new music. It did end up, I think, on like Stereo Gum and a few. I did see it on a few. But... You know what it is, man? Is like in the narrative of music writers, they're just like we're bored with him, so we're done. Kind of. We're yeah. bored with the narrative, so we're not going to give this the time. Kind of. Day. Yeah. In reality, there's there's some really 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 great songs on here, and uh, like "Please Don't Die," "Disappointing Diamonds," "Hang Out at the Gallows," um, uh, "Just Dumb Enough to Try," mm-hmm. "Mr. Mr. Tillman. Tillman." I mean, this whole thing Dude, is actually so consistent. It's actually loaded. You know what's gonna happen? I, I guarantee this. It's ranking number nine on our joint list here. We both had it around that on our personal lists. Yeah. This, I think, with time will probably actually rise because yeah. we're going to keep listening to Father John Misty and just by default we're going to give this more re-listens. How often are do you think you're going to listen to like this next album compared to Father John Misty? And that next one is number 8 Amon Dunes Freedom. Yeah, it's, where it's an like that's kind of more of a standalone like we haven't we don't have the history with Amon Dunes yeah. as as an artist. I could totally see myself not listening to Almond Dunes for three years. Right. Like, in full. I'll listen to Believe and some of those Mickey Dora, some of those other tracks. I'm going to keep listening to God's Favorite Customer, though. You yeah. know? And, like, I, I think over time, Father John Misty will just continue to win out for his, like, overall consistency compared to maybe some of these other albums. Yeah. I, I, I And, like, just how compelling a character he is. And, you know, we probably... I think we have actually literally lost listeners for how much we like. Oh yeah, of course. Hey, I am gonna always go to bat for my guy Josh Tillman. Me too. I think it's because like I think we both feel sort of a kinship with this guy, and that is not totally for good, fair. For good and bad. Yeah, and it inflates his ranking on yes, our list does. every year. It does. Um, but hey, I have to say though, I think we did a good job of keeping that in mind and not overdoing the ranking with him this year. Well, this is just—it's just like how I felt about the album. Yeah. I was just honest about it. Because I mean, this is the fourth year we've. We've done this ranking now, Jake. Three of those years have involved Father John Misty albums. Two of those years, he's been my album of the year. Yeah, right. So, I think I kept him out of the top ten. I think I put him at 11. It's a fair spot for him. I'm not overdoing it. I'm not super biased, yeah. everybody. I can objectively look at Father John Misty and say, he's amazing. And say he is in our top ten. <laughs> right, he, right, Number right. nine album of the year. <laughs> Uh, was it me or was it you? Uh, I think it's me. I think I was on... No, I was on Odds, so it's you. Yeah, I'm on Dunes Freedom, number eight here. Um, this... Such a cool album. Is great. This is a great album. Has a couple of my favorite songs of the year on it. Believe, in particular, is one. I love Blue um, Rose. How would you describe this album, Jake? It's like a little bluesy. It's a little... Yeah. Just... Southern-y, rock-y? I don't know. Sort of. It's, it's, like, it's hard to describe. It sort of defies... Um, description in some ways it's a little bit psychedelic it's a yeah. little it's kind of trippy in some ways i think the the way this guy's vocals remind me of that guy who sings babylon david gray i remember i yes. talked to you about that at one point yep. and he has this sort of quivering wavering delivery on his vocals that i'll be honest at first to me was a little grating yep but the more this is very much an immersive listen and i feel like you just have to like my best listen to this ever was a spring day um, just it was like a Sunday or Saturday, didn't have much going on. Just popped it on in the background while I made food, and like it was just like we had the windows open. Yep. It was like and it's him singing about like 
hearing his song on the radio back yeah, right. in 1992. Right. Uh, as as good as some of the individual songs are, I think you're right. This is this works better as like a, a mood or yeah. a vibe yeah. almost oh, yeah. to lose yourself in rather than giving it your full attention. Because I think if you do, and on my re-listen, I did give it my full attention and it, it dropped ever so slightly. Huh, I think you kind of need it to just be like out there in the background but you're you're coming back in and you're hearing certain parts that you like that was at least my read on it when yeah. i gave my re-listen still still an excellent album is this, now here's an interesting discussion i think we yeah. talked about it briefly is this a christian rock album i don't know i i still don't know Dude, and i ask myself that every time i think it is i think it kind of is too big shout to us <laughs> Dude, like the, the, we're the prodigal son. We Dude, were lost, but fun. now we're found. By, by the way, I have a interesting anecdote for you uh, off air that we need to discuss. Okay, very interesting. However, to hear that. yes, big shout to us for <laughs> being so open-minded when it Dude. comes to uh, to this album. Christian I, rock I, stalwart Amon Dunes at our number eight. I, I think it is. Yeah, it like is, dude, because there's that song about like he's like I'm a religious, we're a religious band, right. or whatever he says. Right. Like there's some line like that, and like I, I believe, which is one of it's, yeah. it was your song of the year, right, or one of them. Uh, it was like my number two. Like yeah. I think that song's about believing in God. Yeah, the thing is, like this is this album's in the fact that we're joking about it shows that like. It's not overly religious. You could read it that way. If you really, really dive into the lyrics on a lot of them, it is both religious in its subtext, in the way it like kind of comes across. Like, I think like a song like "Paul the Suffering." I don't know what that is. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, that sounds like a religious I, reference to me. But then there's ones where he's talking about like, like there's some isn't there some lyric where he's like flat out like, yeah, I believe in God. <laughs> like, it, like I, <laughs> he says, "I believe in God." This is a Christian album, Jake and Sean. They, dude, I, think that, he, I think that was on uh, Mickey Dora. Yeah, dude, that's on uh, <laughs> Calling Paul the Suffering. <laughs> yeah, big big shout to us as uh, Christian rock fans. Uh, number Me. seven. Uh, yeah, I'm on. Right, oh, I'm that's on the you. That's now, you. Right? Yeah, we yeah, we yeah, got yeah, ourselves yeah. all. Yeah, we we got lost in the snake. Up. Yeah. Um, number seven, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino by Sheffield England's own Arctic Monkeys. We both ranked this. I think at number nine. Yeah. Um, we, this, so th this is a, a concept album that is so crazy and weird and out there. It's literally on the moon. Yeah. It's so out there, but it's crazy enough to work It <laughs> because they, the band, Alex Turner and the rest of the band adhere to this idea so resolutely and fully you can't help but just go along for the ride and be like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess we're really doing this. Yeah, so, I guess we're, we're playing a lounge on the fucking moon in a taqueria. So, like, like, okay. So does this album rip like other Arctic Monkeys albums? No, not no. even close. Is it even that great a band album? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, like I think Alex Turner is so locked in and just decided he's into this idea <laughs> yes. in a way that is so... You can't help but be like, all right, dude, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm coming like, along, I'm man. here, I'm here for it. And, and, I, and, it's, I, and it's what it is, is it's like, it's really funny to the point where some songs to me verge on comedy rock a little bit. Where oh, he's yeah, like, yeah, sure, yeah. His like, like something like Randy Newman would do or right. something where it's like, it's not meant to be comedy, but it's like, definitely toes funny. the line funny. of yeah. like, he's talking about gentrification right. of the moon with taquerias <laughs> right, and like, right. you know, getting reviews and, and just like kind of taking where we're at in society to that next obvious destination yep. of like where will we be in the year 2100 two things one i think this is 
sneakily a great band album for them because think of the restraint that all of those guys who are used to ripping had to do to basically play this lounge album. And dude, they there, there's great grooves on here too. There are, and they just dude, they just recorded their band parts over his original eight track recordings. Yeah, that's wild. Because Alex re- recorded, I think, his like guitar and vocals, and they used those vocal tapes. Yeah, and the so band crazy. recorded around that. As far as I understand, so I actually which is think super challenging. It's an underrated band album for them. No, I agree, but it's like it's not. It, it's sort of like the what I think of it as is like Ringo always says like. Like, Sgt. Pepper was great. He's like, but with the White Album, we got to play again. Yeah, Like, right, this right. is like a pepper for them. Yeah, Where it's totally. like, they got to play, but it was really to serve this purpose. Yes, and it was like... That makes a lot of you sense. You couldn't have the fucking clarinet out of place. Yeah. You couldn't have the little theremin bit right. out of place in right. this. Like, it, you couldn't be a rock band in the I, same that, way. That makes a lot of sense. It, it, my second thing was, we've been hinting this whole time about how a lot of these albums speak to our, our, our current state in 2018 and, and what we're kind of going through when it comes to the looming threat of global warming or gun violence or, you know, the political structure, whatever it might be. You know, the sky falling. This album approaches that in a funny and, like, crazy way where it's like, yeah. well, if you got the money, you're headed up to, like, vacation on the moon and you're leaving the rest of the world to rot and crumble and burn. And it's like, of course you are because that's what people do now. And I love that he's like, and it's not much better because we're all still very unhappy and still, like, looking for shit up here that we can't find. Like, especially on the moon. Like, yeah. We're all bouncing around. Yep. Like, yep. it so actually is kind of boring. I, I think that uh, tackled a lot of the, the strife of this year in a really interesting and funny way there was no album this year quite like this one for a first listen of being like what the fuck what do i think of this right do i hate it or do i love it i legitimately think both at the same time right, <laughs> right now and right, i can't right. tell where i'm at ended up loving it uh number six number six we have push it t with daytona um this is actually my third favorite album of the year uh it's my favorite rap album of the year uh, in a year of great rap albums, uh, this is by far, I think, the... Well, maybe not by far. I do think this is the best Kanye-involved uh, album this year. I think you like Kids See Ghosts better, but... I, I had them do, like, for me, it was always like, I like Kids See Ghosts a shade better. I literally ranked them one after the other. Yeah. I had Kids See Ghosts and then this. I do think Daytona is a classic album. I think this is going to be one that people refer to and talk about. I think Pusha oh, T definitely is. is such a singular voice in rap. Um, and, and yeah, go ahead. I was going to say because of the remove Kanye has from it, like he doesn't, he only appears on it once later in the track listing. What, would, what Meek would Meek do? do? Yeah. Um, because he feels a little more removed from it. Um, and he's not a featured person. It like it it can age better, and it do, it does not suffer from what Ye and even Kid C Ghost sort of does, where you have the stink of Kanye on it. Like yeah. this does, but it doesn't. Like he <laughs> is producing this album on a level where it, it's like up there with Twisted Fantasy in terms of like the the samples and the beats and the, like what he's bringing to the table in such a compact package. It too. has that nice chopped up soul tape hiss sound yep. going for yep. it yep. uh that that really really that's where kanye i think is at his best as a producer man it's so enjoyable yep. in that way and push a t for my money is one of the most purely enjoyable rappers to listen to the enunciation it, yeah know, it's funny dude because he it, all his stuff is about how he's pushing drugs and selling and like moving packages and shit right i always just think i'm always like i feel like this guy's really nice 
Doesn't it seem that way? I feel like he's approachable. Yes. In some way, even though he's, like, rapping about, like, don't fuck with me. Right, right. Like, really, really don't, dude, <laughs> right, because, like, right. it will end badly for you. Right, right. I but feel it's like, like, he's a nice guy. He, yeah, Push is nice. Yeah, it does seem that way. Push. It totally does. King Push. Um, number five, Jake. Number five, we have the uh, Boy Genius EP by Boy Genius. This is Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus collabing. Uh, with a what five six six track five track six five or six track Could EP be seven um with I think it's three songs I I think it's six okay um, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that right now this is one of the most listenable both in terms of its length and the consistency of the songs of the year in my opinion um it's three em- emerging songwriting talents all I think peaking together in a way that is really really interesting and that complements one another. Uh, I think Lucy Dacus and Phoebe Bridgers especially bring it on this album. And that yeah. Julian, um, to her credit, in some ways I think she has the best reputation of the three. Right. Critically, she takes a little bit of a backseat, yep. I think. Not really. I mean, she's definitely there. Like, her f- presence is felt, but it feels like Lucy and Phoebe really get to take center stage on a yes. couple of these tracks. Like, Me and My Dog, Bite the Hand. Yeah. Lucy gets to start Man. the album off with, right. a, with an incredible, compelling yeah. vocal performance. So, yeah, you were right. Six songs. Um... This one, Jake, we loved when it came out. So good, dude. And as the last like month or two has gone by since this came out at what the end of October, so it's been about a month and a half that we've been living with this now. Feels like way longer. It does in a good way, and I've only loved it more. Like I, you know, we always talk about hot and heavy with like the first couple weeks you listen to an album that you love. Yeah. Then there's that real test where it's like, all right, once you kind of take a break from it, do you go back to it and do you love it the same or more? This is one where I loved it more. Where I would be like, oh man, I just want to listen to Bite the Hand, Me and My Dog, Souvenir. I was like, I I just, I can't get enough of these songs. They're some of my most listened to of the year. And although this is a slight release, six songs, 21 minutes, maybe doesn't have the same amount of content on them as Foxing or some of these other ones. I don't care. It's so enjoyable in the six tracks that are there, it more than made up for it and it actually ranked as my fifth favorite album of the year. Yeah, I think we both ended with this pretty high. I think I might have had it seventh. Um, you have four, I think. Number right? four, we have Mitski with Be the Cowboy. So, so much love for this album dude, on This end of has your been list. ending up at a lot of number one spots. And you know what? I actually think Be the Cowboy is technically the best album of the year. Like, front to back, in terms of consistency, songwriting, production, singing, everything, I think it's the best made album of the year. It's not my favorite. It came in fourth for me. Um, And where did it rank for you, Jake? Six, Six, seven? seven. Six, seven range. Yeah. So, again, like, there was just a few that I had more of an emotional connection to. Um, than this one. I do like Bury Me at Makeout Creek a hair more than than Be the Cowboy, but I'm so happy she's getting the attention and the accolades that go along with this because I think this is a, a real achievement by her. Such a variance in the type of songs and sounds that she's doing here. Um, and she put on one of the best live shows, probably the best live show that I saw this year uh, that I was lucky enough to see. There's so many me- like memorable songs on here. Uh, Me and My Husband, Lonesome Love, A Pearl, um, 
even ones we joke about were like, I love it way more than I should with a horse named Dude, Cole there. Uh, Coming to the Water is mine. Yeah. I love that song. And, and I like, I almost had it like pretty high on my end of the year, like songs. I was like, I can't justify having Coming to the Water at like number 30. But I almost did the same with a horse named yep. Cole there. Yep. Um, and of course, nobody, which I didn't uh, mention yep. before. Um, Geyser. Why didn't you stop me? Dude, like, it's just filled with. Um, both catchy and sort of emotionally gripping songs that she does in this. She has such a air of theatricality about yeah. her. Um, it's almost like she's playing a character in some of the songs. Yeah. Like I feel like me and my husband is an example of yep. that where it's like, she's like, I'm going to sing a song like I am older and have this like mm-hmm. husband. And we just live like a, we sort of muddle through mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. the character I'm playing in this yep. song. She has like, to me, she's almost like an actress. Yeah. And I love that about Mitski. Yes. And I, I really love that about this album. Yes. Uh, number three, surprised it made it this high. But, I, I, but Yeah. But I'm very happy it did. Wide Awake by Parquet Courts. This album, Jake, is a, a true Cinderella story at the it end is. of the year. Uh, if you talked to me two and a half, three weeks ago, I would have said, no, there's no chance this is ranking in even my top 50. It has shot its way up to my top seven. It came in seventh, Jake. Yeah, and it finished at my third, as my third favorite album of the year. Um, I, I, I couldn't be more pleased that you ended up really liking this album. I, I, it was a pleasant surprise for me near the end of the year. This is one that when it came out, um, I had that the, the, the process for me was like, okay, I like, I've always liked Parquet Courts, never loved them. And then as the more listens in, like five, six, seven listens, like, fuck, dude, I really love this album. Like, there's so many cool songs. They're trying so many things. That, like, Total Football, In and Out of Patience, songs like that are, like, pure punk. But then they're also infusing these funk sounds. Oh, my God, They're doing yeah. these slowed-down, dreamy tracks. There's so much variance. It reminds me of something like The Clash would have tried. 100% yes, Jake. This is a modern-day Clash album, and... Long-time listeners of this podcast know my feelings on parquet chords. I think what are the what are the bands that we always go back to where I irrationally shit on them well, you, on the podcast, even though I actually like kind of like them. It's it was like always parquet chords, pavement, pavement. There's one more out there that I can't think of. I throw that all out the window. They parquet chords have won me over in such a big way with Wide Awake. I think this album is a masterful achievement. I think it speaks to 2018 the best out of any album this year with songs like Violence and with Almost Had to Start a Fight and Before the Water Gets Too High and Wide Awake. Like, Tenderness. One after the other, they are speaking to the political structure, just the threat of global warming, gun violence, all these different things. But they're not doing it in a preachy or like over the top way. They're doing it within the context of amazing songs. Yeah, and you know what it feels like to me, and it was it was right now hearing you say that that it, I sort of had this realization. Songs like violence or yeah, tenderness or total football or whatever. It just feels like it's these guys who probably all told are nice enough, easygoing. Like, they're in a fucking rock band, man. Like, they're probably... Some of them are probably vegan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're probably peace-loving guys. But they're like, look, when it comes right down to it, our backs are against the wall. Like, so much shit is going wrong. And, like, I almost am going to have to start a fight. Like, violence... That's what I love about that song. Because it's like, that's kind of our thing. It's like, 
how many times have you been in a situation where someone says something that's kind of suspect yeah and you're like ah i'm gonna let that go and i'm just gonna be a nice guy that's what that song's talking about it's like at what point do i like draw a line and actually like do something about this and i love it for like speaking to that apathy in a way yeah me too and i i also love uh the like the dreamier moments like Mardi Gras beads back to earth I think are such lis- listenable songs Freebird Two is really funny. Yep. This next song is called Freebird Two. Like that's a really funny moment too. Like they're like we're they we know that this sounds like a mix of Thank You by Led Zeppelin <laughs> yeah. with like whatever else. Totally, totally get that Thank You vibe. You know, violence has been one for me this past week where I've just been like shit. This groove is undeniable. It's bounty as fuck, but also. That that line where like that slowed down voice goes, it's hard getting used to getting used to violence. Yeah, and I'm just like fuck. You're right. It is because like that has been what so much of the last five years has been. I yeah. think is slowly but surely getting used to seeing violence at all times on social media, on the news, shootings, just that becoming a natural and normal part of life. That's the creep of fascism, man. That is like what truly is how fascists start. Yes. And I think that's what people like what parquet courts are like concerned about. Yeah. Like that's like the, that's the biggest fear on this album is like, look, we're so powerless to stop this. Like the, the, the current trajectory of our country and the world it just feels like we can't possibly do anything about it. Um, and it, it just feels like it's also so steeped in, like, th- I think A. Savage is his name in this band. Yeah. Like, this dude does his, like, reading. There is, this is a very well-read album. Oh, my God, Like, yeah. it's it's steeped in, like, from what I can gather, like, communist theory. Yes, and, yes like, it is. And, <laughs> like, all this yep. different stuff about, like, look, this is how violence affects you, and this is how it yep. seeps its way through. And this is how people will, like, make you feel like you're overreacting for trying to resist to this. Yes, and, like, dude. This album speaks to so much of the existential dread that I have or have had throughout the year on a a literal daily basis. This speaks to it. I'm just mad at myself that I did not let myself enjoy it as much as I do now when it first came out. Hey man, it, like you said, Cinderella story. Could have used this earlier, like yeah, you know, in the year. You get there, it's like old Ebenezer Scrooge. Yep. You know, by the end of the story, he has Tiny Tim on his shoulders, and yeah, he's walking him right. through the town square and it's cutting abs- the pheasant himself. <laughs> that's absolutely right. yeah. That's where you're at with parquet courts now. Uh, number two, Jake. We have Pine Grove with yeah. Skylight. This might be a controversial choice for some people. Might be. You can throw out the window. It, it is controversial. Let's talk about that. So, because I, I don't know, like, look, this album, the songs are undeniable. Let, like, let's separate that. Like, yeah. the songs are great. How do we maneuver and treat this album now that 2018 has come to a close? We realize that if we're just taking this on a songs basis, it's our second favorite album of the year. I almost feel like that is all you need to say. That's exactly Is that an it. irresponsible... And that might be a bullshit question, I, no, but it's a question I, I, that I think a lot of people would would ask. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think it's irresponsible. I think if anything, it's it maybe I don't know. I mean, this is very up our own ass, and this is something very. Self- oh, you mean the the music podcast we do is yeah. up our own ass? Yeah, this is a very self serving thing of me to say, but it feels like a more honest thing to do to rank it than to that's, just ignore that, it. And that that's where I stand because it would be disingenuous disingenuous on my part if I knocked it 
a huge number of spots or didn't rank it when I it's my one of my most listened to albums of yep. the year and I truly love like every single song on here and think they're beautiful, catchy, just every great adjective that you could use like describes this album and it would be disingenuous if I didn't rank it where yeah. I ranked it. And it has I love the way it sounds, I love the way it feels. The 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 sort of slightly like hazy-ish production on it. Like there's something they do where I don't know if it's the tone on the guitars or if it's the way they record, but it's like, it's just lo-fi enough. Right. Um, yeah. What yeah, is man. that? It's per- it's like a perfect vibe. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I-, I guess I would suffice it to say, I agree with you. The songs are there. There's no doubt that it is, uh, that there is some question lingering about Pine Grove, but I, I think that what we, and we, we, you know, if a listener out there is interested, we did an episode where we talked about this. When this yeah. album came out, we talked about our thoughts at length, and the, the basic headline of it was, we understand there's issues, we understand that Evan Stevens Hall was caught up in a situation that's less than ideal, and that someone left feeling victimized, and that, you know, we don't feel great about that, but um, we read into it and looked into it as much as we could... And, and, and I made I, peace with it. I, and I think we got some intel from, you know, maybe some other places that other people may or may not have that shed some light on things that helped us in that whole process. That sounds incredibly vague and convoluted, but suffice it to say, and, I think I am personally comfortable enjoying this album. If other people aren't, I understand it and respect that. But yeah, me, me I'm too. not going to change my ranking or enjoyment of it based off of what other people might or might not think. Ultimately, what it comes down to is it's, it's a strong album. We both dived right in and just listened and and just allowed ourselves to like it, I think, without hang-ups, really. Yeah, which, yeah. Which, if you're out there and, like, honestly, if you're out there and, and you have a real problem with Pine Grove, that probably sounds pretty offensive. But Yeah, I know. And, yeah. like, and in some ways, I am sorry for that. But, yeah, but yeah, at the same yeah, time, yeah. like, you know... Everyone is human. We can only do as good as you know we can. And like I, my opinion on Evan Stevens Hall and what Pine Grove has been through is that I feel this is a guy who has done his time and he did what he agreed to, given what it's supposed to. I, I, I would agree with that. I think he did everything within his power to make things right in the way that he could. Um, in a, like, look, I don't think this was a. Clear, this isn't a clear-cut situation no. one way or the other. That's the whole problem here. It's not cut It'd be dry. one thing if we had details and, you know, there was a clear, you know, process of events. It doesn't seem like there is. That makes us all the all the much harder. I love this album. It's great. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll say is, like, I don't think that necessarily should take away from the fact that Rings, Intrepid, Darkness, Skylight, Angelina, Angelina Portal... Like easy enough. They're they're really good songs. Thanksgiving. And if you if you <laughs> like Pine Grove, you'd like this album. You're gonna like you, it. You just would. You're gonna like it. What do we have at number one? Uh it's me here, right? This is you rounding it out, Jake. Number one album of the year for twenty eighteen, Sean's album of the year, and my second favorite is Nearer My God by Foxing. What else can we say about this album that has not already been said on this podcast, Jake? Um, I will do my best to sum it up. One, I think they really just went for it on this album. This yeah. is a band that's the headline that they just they took a shot and they hit it 
and they or they took a big swing and they knocked it out of the park. Whatever, however, whatever, whatever sports, sports analogy you want to make here, they did it. Um, that is, you have to I, like. I want to reward just like really going for it because the the sounds like we were just listening to some of it before we recorded. Just the sounds and like the layers of stuff that they're doing on this album is really impressive for this like emo band and. Like, even if you compare it to Mitski, Parquet Courts, Pine Grove, any of these other bands that we ranked really high, there's, like, an extra edge to what they're doing where they're, like, if we don't knock it out of the park with this, we're fucked. Or, like, we're we're maybe done as, like, a band. You know, like... And, and can I just say really quick, to that point, the kind of sad thing about this is, like... It hasn't been. It, it's not like that popular an album. I know, I know. That's sort of the saddest part to me. Is it that, is. is this, that, I haven't seen this on a single end of the year list. It how, really bums me out. How crazy is that? It's weird. It's really weird. Like, dude, that to me, that's very flawed. Because this album, man, it's like it is theatrical. It's dramatic. It's so pristinely produced Mm -hmm. and it's so fucking well written Mm -hmm. the melodies on it are incredible the vocal performances are like something i have i've not heard bands go for this in this mixture in this way um you know the the lead singer here i think there's a couple singers in the band do stuff with their voices that are so interesting and and the songwriting man is so i find it so compelling it just hooks and just the the content of the lyrics and just I could go on and on about the individual pieces of this album, but the the two big things that I want to get to is, one, when you talk about emotional impact of albums, I don't think there's a single one this year that had a bigger one for me. Just at the time of the year this came out, at, like what I was going through during my life, I was able to take a trip to Colorado mm. and play this just constantly throughout that trip, and I will always associate it with, with that trip now. Um... Also, the you know, this is always going to just be 2018 to me. Foxing, Near My God, equals 2018. For good or bad, in whatever way you want to slice it, this is 2018 to me. And it's incredibly fitting that it's my number one album because it is so Sean's 2018. And it's, it, I think it makes sense because it's an album that, like, by turns, to use a very music writer type of, of, of phrase, it's it's tumultuous and at some points like chaotic mm-hmm. like on a song like game shark yeah um you know beautiful or, hauntingly beautiful yeah. like on five cups and it or or in oh man five cups yeah yeah dude or an, or a, a moment like uh or the song nearer my god yep or like lambert which like just is such a song that like it just feels like it keeps reaching as How high is as no one talking about that fucking song well, dude, at the end of the year i don't no. Did people not listen to this album? I don't think they did. I don't I I, I think don't, a lot of critics didn't. Yeah, I think a lot of critics didn't. Um I think it's because it's tied in with people just see it as like, oh, that's an emo album. Yeah. It's so much more than that. I it, th- it it breaks down whatever barrier that people think is there with emo and just shatters it. Because it I, it's almost not even that. It's just a rock album. Yeah. It's a fucking album. Yeah. Like that's that's the danger of genres, right there. Yeah, yeah. It is, is that people write this off because they're like, ooh, like that emo industry, that whole emo scene is in fucking shambles right now. Which it is. It is, but it's like, but, but this is a great example of why that shouldn't be the barometer by which you measure that shit. Right. Because this album 
does so much so well and it, it is being missed and if you look on spotify man it's like it's doing oh it's doing pretty good yeah like i think there's one song with a million listens okay but it's like the rest it's the people that i've seen talk about this album though love it I, I have not seen anyone say a bad word about it. Like, when I look on Reddit and I'm looking on, like, the threads for, like, the album ranking, like, news as it comes out. Like, under the Pitchfork one. Like, you'll see people here and there be like, oh, like, I didn't see Foxing anywhere. And, like, you'll get maybe one other person to respond and be like, I loved that album. There's a a slight groundswell, but it's, like, just people. It's just people being like, oh, yeah, like, I love that. No publications are, are really giving this the time of day, which is a huge bummer. Yeah, it really is a shame because, um, you know, and maybe it just wasn't the right moment. But it, it but it makes me sad because it, it does feel like this was a band that, like you said, man, to use sports analogies, they took a big shot. They, they, they swung big here. Mm-hmm. And to both of our ears fucking crushed it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. killed yep. it in like every way. Yep. It's like, I, I think it's like, Track for track, a pretty perfect record. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And it's it is unfortunate that like even that may not have been enough. I know, I know, I know, and I think that uh, kind of sums up the year, Jake. It it was sad. It was a sad year, and our album of the year not really getting much credit is also sad. Um, sad, just sad. Yeah, overall. man, twenty eighteen was fucking weird. It was very weird. It just was. That's uh, and it doesn't feel like it's gonna get much better. No, I guess like it's... like the calendar changing from 2018 to 19 doesn't change this weird like like I don't even know how to describe it, but this weird feeling that's hanging over literally everybody and everything. Yeah, man. Because it, it's not like I personally had a weird year, but it feels like almost everyone else did too. Yeah, I mean, I've been rereading Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, and that book. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Here, yeah. Here's where I'm going with it. In, in this book, like. The ministry has been taken over by the fucking Death Eaters. Right, right. And everyone's like, well, like, we'll enjoy our wedding. But, like, you never know. Like, what uh, could go wrong? Yeah, that's so true. To me, there's a lot of parallels in that it sense. It does feel like we're all just trying to enjoy things as much as possible in the face of horror. It, now, am I saying that Donald Trump is Voldemort? And his, yes. And his spineless, sycophantic... <laughs> Um, cabinet and and like posse and base yeah. are the Death Eaters. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am saying that. So somehow, uh, some way, that all ties into Foxing. It does. I don't see how it couldn't. Right. So that that sums up our albums of the year, our top fifty for twenty eighteen. Um, this was a long episode, man. Yeah, it always is. It's always a long one. We will be back next week with our final kind of recap of the year. We'll give out some fun awards and superlatives. Jake, we are one year away from not only doing this again and doing it for 2019, but doing it for the decade. We're going to do our decade list. Wow. Which is, for you, so for me, it's very, very exciting. This is what I always say to people. Yeah. I love making lists. I love ranking things. On a scale of 1 to 10 of how much I love to make lists and rank things, I'm about a seven and a half, eight. Mm-hmm. You're a true 10, mm-hmm. and I know no one who likes it more. Yeah, getting I'm to a make, freak. Get it, no, not a freak. It's good because I also like it. Getting to rank the top albums of your decade of the decade to i can only imagine for me it's very exciting for you it must be like like all the christmases of your childhood combined i think about this almost daily now where yeah. i'm like oh we i was like mate we gotta do something like fun on each week of the podcast to lead up to this where maybe we like talk about like 
one of the one like of them. like some of these albums leading up, or maybe we pick one each week or every couple weeks or to highlight to to like listen to that maybe we hadn't listened to that we know is like a classic from this decade that we missed. What you we know? could do is every week pick one from the decade that we know will make the list somewhere. Yeah, and just highlight it. Yes. Like like one week we could do uh fuck with House on Digest twenty ten. Yeah. Or like yeah. Twisted Fantasy, yep. talk a little bit about it that week. Yep. That would be cool. Yeah, it would. So Damn, man, this is the last year of the decade. I know. I know. Fuck. Yep. Yep. Dude, okay, no. I, last thing, because no one's still listening. No. God, no. Like, it is such a cliche, but I, honest to God, I can't tell you how fucking fast this year went. Yeah, I know. Like, like dude, honestly, mind-bendingly fast. Mine, maybe not as much. I... I had so much variance in my year. Yeah, man. I look at it in like chunks. Four to five really specific chunks that yeah. like so it's more broken up. I can totally see for you how it would be like blink of an eye. Dude, it's like I got sucked into a fucking warp hole. I know. Dude. And it's like I think back like I'm thinking back to when I got into that Casey album. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that was my I I'm not even at that apartment anymore. I know. I know. Jesus. It feels like eight seconds ago. I lived in three different places this year. Yeah, I lived in two. Um, weird. Just so weird. Started a new job. Quit a job. I, weird year, man. We both had family Some deaths. family deaths. We had, we had family deaths and family adjacent deaths. Yeah. We had like tragedy in our yep. families of Weddings, various degrees though at the same time what? hey like... bill and floor <laughs> that's, that's again right. let's enjoy it that's one right. last golden hour of that's peace right. with ron and her man what a weird year i'll be happy to see it go but also not because that just means we're getting older and there, there's a lot there there's there is, a lot there. there is to me there's something cool about the year 19 yeah sure sure let's hope it's better yeah to me you know what's another thing i've been grappling with last thing i'll say because i've gone off the deep end in oh, terms sure, of what both. i'm talking about yeah, um 2020 just sounds like a fake year 2020 2020 is like we do live in a simulation 2020 I, even we, though I was born in 1992, which right. is 28 years from that year, right. like even knowing I that, know. 2020 is when bad shit really starts to happen, like on a historical scale. Like 2020 will be the first year where we have like a true climate disaster. Like we already do with these wildfires and hurricanes and things like that, but there's gonna be one where it's like clear as day, like oh. Like, we're headed down a path. We're fucked. And, like, cities are rationing water. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Like, and and uh, there's some big, big, like, economic and, and natural disasters. Yeah. I, 2020 is going to be a, a rough one. So. Uh, a haunting uh, <laughs> <laughs> reminder of what's to come to wrap up our episode. <laughs> Stay safe out there, everybody. And well, let us know what you thought of uh, Yeah, what were your favorite week? albums? Tweet at us. Tweet at us, because I don't have Twitter. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Mics. They're running. Uh, I did my very extensive audio testing. <laughs> Good. That entails not a whole lot. I know what I'll do, Sean. I'll lower my mm, chair. There it is. That's there it the is. Fucking what a weird setup we have going right now. Yeah, it's I'm a, in a, like an armchair. It turned sideways. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little slapdash. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. All right, because like, so is every setup we've ever had. I know. I know. What, what was, was the, the best most one? professional best setup? I think it was 
at both of our last apartments where we just used like I was gonna say like it yeah it was probably like maybe Liberty Street or yeah. or by uh, or also it could have been your kitchen table just at... wherever we we were able to have like a good table to get set up on yeah yeah which is which has been difficult um yeah you know that feeling we talk about this feeling often Jake you know when you are working on something at work and you're like I don't even know if that's good but Yo, like yeah 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 I just did it yeah, and all I the time. hope it and it almost always is just fine yeah I have that feeling tonight it's been hanging over me while well, you're working on something I f- I finished working on something today that needed to be done for tomorrow and I finished it and I was just like I hope this doesn't just suck and I don't realize it hmm uh Probably not the case. I hope not. How do you feel about it? I mean, like... Um... Okay. Anxiety aside. Like, it'll probably just be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably will. Probably. And, like, dude, ultimately, everyone's kind of faking it. I know. And by kind of, I mean, they just are. Right. Faking it. Right. Um, no one knows what they're doing. Right. Least of all me. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the producer of our podcast says well dude what after we... setting up our mics and well, dude seriously like i we had to fake our way i was actually thinking before setting this up like i don't know why i have headphones on um about how we have actually come pretty far in terms of like i mean we haven't come far in the last year but like from the beginning till our setup now like there's a lot of steps that it took to get us oh, to yeah. the point where we could have a salt. Both of us have a good mic. Dude, we used to share one shitty snowball microphone in the middle of a table in the middle of our couches. Yeah, and like we'd both be leaning back. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It had, it had so much Christ. echo. I and know. Like, really, really bad. And then we learned that you could like compress vocals, and which like... I, which I don't actually even do anymore. Oh yeah, because we like don't need to. Yeah, or at least I don't think so. I think it comes in crisper now if we don't yeah. do it too much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I you'll probably just be okay. Like that. Ultimately, that yeah. shit tends to just work out. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So it's true. So yeah, but yeah, that's uh, that's my fucking story. <laughs> so uh, really quick, um, the uh, what do you call them there? The Celtics. Hey, seven straight. Did you see the game Kyrie had last night? Um, so actually, I missed the game, but I saw the highlight of his two straight three pointers, dude. That one. Both were sick. I mean, both are... They're almost equally impressive for totally different reasons. Yeah. The one where he was covered, like, in blanket coverage, basically. That not was crazy. A, not a basketball phrase. Wow. And, like, just pulled up with all the confidence in the world and hit yeah. that, like, elbow three. Crazy. The one that I really love, though, is when he just, like, from probably seven feet behind the three-point line, just pulled up. What I loved about with that... all the confidence in the was world. Was he saw John Wall look to his left... And then he saw him do it again, and then he just got into a shot, and he's like, yeah. "Oh, I have a, I have a half second where he looked like I'm just gonna take this shot." Dude, Kyrie is cold blooded, yeah. man. He like I love having a dude like that I on the team too. because I feel like he's one of these guys who like he just I feel like the moment's not too big for him, mm-hmm. which is you you need, dude. Mm-hmm. You really need it. Um, and these seven straight wins have been just what the doctor ordered for me. <laughs> Dude, I know, I know. It's I been know. great, man. Like, it's nice to fall. Like, you know what sucks is, like, once they lose, I'll be really bummed. 
I think they've won enough in a row now where if they start mixing in a normal cadence of wins and losses, they'll be fine. I want them to get... So what are they now, 17 and 10? Yeah. See, that's sick. Like, they've figured yeah. it out a little yeah. bit. You yeah, know what I mean? Fine. Like, if you told me through 27 games, Celts will be 17 and 10, I would have been like, okay, that's a little worse than I thought. Right. But I probably would have thought it was more regular. I wouldn't have realized how yes, bad it I started. Know, I know. Like, let's look at the there was, there, dude, there was a point. Didn't they lose like four and five? Yeah. At one yeah, point or something? Three and four. To bad teams, too. Uh, yeah, we're only four and a half games out of first place. In the, in and the they'll, East, keep, so they'll keep the run going. We're one game back from second place. That's awesome. So, Who's in first, Toronto still? Toronto. Are they they just blew out the Warriors. Did they really? Yeah. Are they? Is Toronto like? Let me guess their record. They have the best point. record in in the league. I'm gonna guess it. I'm okay. gonna say because I haven't seen it in, a, in like a week plus. This is a real snapshot in time, kind of. Yeah. Are they? Uh, Evergreen content. Yeah. Are they 23 and six? They're 23 and seven. Damn, dude. Not like, bad. Not bad. Not bad. Last time I saw, they were 17 and five. Yeah. Yeah. 23 and seven. But yeah. Bad. So you know, Celtics are figuring it out, and I think what we said is, you know, if they don't have this figured out by christmas then we're we'll start trouble. worrying yeah it's december 13th so feels as though they have uh yeah. Yeah. have worked it out yeah and uh it, yeah they're an exciting crew guy marcus morris has been playing crazy really really well he's kind of like replaced jalen brown as like the important kind of wing slash like power forward do you think he just what happened man did he just get in like crazy shape or something um or, like, Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he always had it in him. Yeah, to who do knows? that kind of shit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't pretend to know. Except I do every week. On you a know what? You podcast. know what? I actually think a big part of it is. I think Brad Stevens does a great job of getting the best out of guys like him, like these inconsistent, kind of middling players. Yeah, Brad Stevens makes those guys look a little bit better than they actually are because mm-hmm. he just knows how to get them to do stuff that works for them. Right, and. I think that is what is happening with Marcus Morris. I and I um, think that happened with a lot of guys that have been through Boston the last couple of years. Look at Evan Turner. What has he done since he signed with Portland? Like nothing, dude. Absolutely nothing. So really quick, as I'm looking through this list, yep. I notice we have like a lot of ties. We do. Um, should we yeah, try we to? Do. Should we try to like come to a consensus and break a few? Yeah, it should be whatever. Like yeah. let's just let's just go through now, like. Because we're not on the... That's no ties all the way down through 11. Okay, so at 11, 12, there's a tie. How about... um, It should be the... Highest point total. Like, high, high, highest ranking. Yeah, so in this so case, Sierra it would be Tierra would yeah. go up. So I will highlight that so we... No, we can... We can swap them. Just yeah, you can just, like, move. It and we'll switch the numbers after. Yeah. Uh, next tie, Frankie Cosmos and Casey. So Casey... After that, immediately after, Brockhampton and Kitsy Ghost. So there it would be Kitsy Ghost. Ghost. Um, 2850 for Snail Mail and Kurt Vile. So that's Snail Mail by a point. Yeah, by a hair. That's a really close tie. Yep. yep. That's a good system, I feel. I agree. I agree. Um, Next one is Half Wave and Low. It would actually be Half Wave. Okay. Um, what if every time mine was lower, I was like, no, no fuck that. No, no way. Uh, MGMT and more, more. This one had, I think in this case, it should be if both got ranked, it wins out. Where? Like this low? What? Where would we make the, the cutoff for that? 
Like, how do you determine where that cuts off? Like, this one didn't have a... Like, I didn't rank more At more, all. but we both ranked MGMT. That makes sense. I yeah, think so that it, one should. So, if there... If, I, I like making rules like this. So, yes. if, if we both ranked it... Yes. Or if there's four rankings total... Yep. The highest individual one carries that yep. one. If there's one where only one of us ranked it, then that one automatically loses. What if it was, though, like... What if it was, like... You just didn't rank Casey Musgraves, and I had it 50 points. And then it was coming up against one that was like 24, 26. That one would win. Um, Technically, I guess. Like, yeah, maybe. Because, like, yeah. Okay. I, I, I think when we're making the joint list, it matters more that we ranked both. I think that should, like, almost supersede everything. Yeah, yeah I guess that's fair. Uh, next one. So, like, the, in this case, like, Alien Boy would go over Lord Huron. Okay. Yeah. And then Beach House mm. and DJ Co. That's, like, a that's like a true tie. So, we'll mark that a tie at yeah. 40. And then, uh, same with Spirit Knight and Paul McCartney. I'll change this to 40. It's, like, a true tie. We can change these both to 42. Same thing with Tomberlin and Ice Age. Mm-hmm. So I'll change that to 44. So then it would be Joyce Manor over Empress of. Yep. Oh, shit. It's over here. I gotta do it. Yep. Nope, that's wrong. Hold on. I will get it here. I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, this is a three-way tie, too. But that's a true tie? Jaded. Uh, in that case, would Vince Staples be... Or should we just say that's 50? Fuck it. There's a three-way tie for 50. Because we could technically um, break this along our rules. Like, we could just say Vince Staples is 50. Yeah, he actually he would be. So we should we just do that? Yeah. And yeah. then we can highlight Mount Erie and, and Jid. Yeah. Jid. Is it Jid or JID? It's e I think it's either. Okay. Here's a little, that's a little behind the music for you, listeners. Yeah. All right, so we shouldn't run it all the way down when we do the number thing. Right, I didn't. I uh, I just did it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep. So we're good? Yep. Excellent. And we'll take yes. these and we'll give them a little cell highlight. Uh oh, not that one. Sorry. Cool, 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 cool. No. All right. Okay. With that sorted. All right. We ready? Yeah, I think that's I think that's award-winning content, right? That there. was. Hey, that was great stuff. Hope the listeners appreciate appreciate that. We treat them good. Yes. We do. Oh, big shout out, by the way, to uh, Quinn Callahan. Oh, still listening. Yes. Gave us a tweet, man. Hell yeah. A lot of love out there from the fans. Can you feel the love? <laughs> I can still feel the love. I can't, though, because, <laughs> like, wow, that's sick. It's awesome of you. Is is that, do you know that person? No. Okay, really? Not in, no, not For in some reason, life. I assumed you knew no. Quinn. No, no. Oh, big shout to Quinn, who's an online friend. Yeah, I don't know that person. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we've never met. Yeah, right, 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 right. That actually right. makes me feel better. I always thought for some reason that 
I had this whole narrative in my head that I invented oh, weird. completely <laughs> of my own volition. I think it's because I saw you guys tweeting at one another. I just, I think I assumed one time you worked with him at Silvertech or her. No. No. And no. That, I don't know anyone named that. And that that person was then a transplant to this other part of the country. Nope. Anyways, a lot of love to Quinn. Uh, yeah. Thanks right. for listening. So we're good. Uh, here we go. Three, two, one.